Blog Talk Radio. The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to 
man, they so soft Don't be thrown off, they be so lost Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks But back to the regular scheduled program The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11, emerge at the other end Of the meditation portals And elevated portals Even some abortals any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are! Yes, yes. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is Know the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed. This is your host, Brother Blue Pill. Very soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red. All right? Let me not waste family time, but no further ado. Let me go straight to the line. Call it from the 347-650. Hello, Graham. Hello, Uncle. What's up, Amir? How are you? Good. You gonna be on the show with us tonight? I don't know. But Daddy You don't know? With, Daddy can't talk with you because just for one minute. Oh. Because okay, he said he needs one minute. What's going on with the Miami Heat, man? Hey, so what? Huh? They're the worst. I can't hear you. They're the worst because they're the worst. Yeah. They're the worst, all right. I don't know what happened to that team. Huh? I know, right? Oh, yeah, they're bad. I thought LeBron James was like a Superman or something. But he seems when to not be. Coming, are you coming back? Huh? Why are you coming back to New York? You said they're going to come back? Huh? You said they're coming when back I... or your daddy's coming back? No, when are you going to come back? Huh? When are you going to come back from California? <laughs> Oh, you're going to come back to California? I can't wait to see you, man. But I'll see you first because I'm going to come to New York. You hear me? Huh? I said, I'm going to see you first. I'm coming to New York, and we're going to go hang out. And we're going to play basketball. Okay? Yeah. And I'm going to bring you something from L.A. All right, I love you. Where's your daddy? He's still talking. Huh? Oh, just one. Hello? Yeah, peace, peace, peace to the family. Peace, peace. To the family. Yeah. Welcome. Peace. They should have let him host. I know, right? <laughs> 
I remember we spoke about huh? a, a show. Yeah, I said I remember we spoke about a show. We were gonna let them host. Oh no, we gotta do that. That'd be legendary. The babies need that. I want to know what they're thinking anyway. Like I really do. Exactly. exactly. You know, like three. Young so, yeah, family. Interview. Family, if you got some children out there that are dynamic and, and you feel like they'll be very social in a setting such as this, you know, because it's all imagination. They're not seeing anybody, but they're still carrying on a conversation as if they're talking to a bunch of people. You know, if they have that element in them, then you might want to email us to KTL Empowerment so we could put them in the mix for this next show that we're going to do. We're going to let the children form a round table and, and chop it up, you know? Talk about what's on the children's mind. I want to see how they perceive this world, you know? I want to know what the world looks like from three feet. Hello? Yes. Yeah, is it loud in the background? I apologize. If it's, I can mute my phone until I think I'm finished. Good. Okay, okay. Now my everything. phone is loud in the background. Let me know. Yeah, I'm in the check cashing place, family. Give me a, give me a minute. You know what I mean? I'll be, I'll be in a secure location in, uh, in a few minutes, so we won't have to worry about any feedback. But um, I was asking you how everything been since we last linked up on it, you know? What's going on with you? Oh, everything is beautiful, man. You know, I, I, I've been spending these last few days just studying real hard, you know, um, finalizing this presentation. I've been cracking yeah, open yeah. books, making breakthroughs, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sure. just being humbled by the opportunity to be in communication, you know, with the higher force, the higher energy, especially at a time like this when, you know, we're in a retrograde, you know what I'm saying? It seems that um, in a retrograde, I'm, I'm getting my dreams are clearer, you know, my communication is more intact in terms of from the uh, spirit realm, now in terms of electronics and stuff like that, that shit is kind of crazy, you know, yeah, you but it's a trade-off. Yeah, it's a trade-off. Huh? I say you do have yeah, a trade-off. Trade off. You know what I mean? It's bringing trade things off. out. You know what I'm saying? When so, the veil's off. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So, family, as always, we ask that you uh, update your social networks, okay? Oh, yeah. Y'all might want to hold on to that flyer for tonight's show, too. Like, and that looks like... Uh, that looks like that's a piece of history right there, family. Okay, talking twenty years oh. from now, they're gonna have to. Did you have? Did you? Did, did you remember that? Fly? They're gonna be at. at, at they're gonna be at Sotheby's, like the flyer for the AA Rashid bubble clinks. Going once. Yeah. That Friday the thirteenth flyer. You know, this is once in a lifetime. Some of y'all ain't gonna make it to twenty forty nine, and I'm not throwing salt on the situation. I'm just saying. You know, the last time you're going to see something like this come around. So make sure that you memorialize it. That's why we have such a powerful presentation for you on this night, you know. It's necessary that we uh, utilize this energy 
for a powerful presentation. And um, we doubled up, you know what I'm saying? We doubled up for y'all. Y'all been asking for the Brother Buddha Queen to come back with a question and answer. We definitely been asking for the rabbi to come forth with some information. So, you know, we put both of them together, synergize the energies and brought it forward. You know, the rise of the Logo Sapiens continues, you know. And then you got the red and the blow. Okay, so we actually forming pie again tonight on the full moon, splitting this moon in half. Some scorpion shit. Definitely want to say uh, thank you for attending tonight's program. Welcome back to everyone that was here with us on, on Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? And the family that was here last week as well. Salute to you. If anyone's missing the episodes, we were suggested to dive into the archives. You know, there's some gems in there. Okay? And you don't have to mind fall. You just got to press play. You got to use no... Uh, no shovels and no pitches or nothing, you know, just press play. It's that easy. And there's a wealth of information at your fingertips. You here rocking out with the best. Put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook. Tonight's show is going to be explosive. For real. Yes, indeed. Yes, All right. Indeed. Hold on, Poppy. Yeah, so... Huh? Now I sold it to a mayor. I just, yeah. I, something that came to me when you talked about AA and, and, and Brother Buddha coming on. Is there going to be four scorpions in the building tonight? Four scorpions, yeah. Hold on, family. Rate it off for ratchet. Rate it off for <laughs> ratchet consciousness. This one is definitely, <laughs> this is not one to have while you're sipping on moringa tea. Yeah. Yeah. Friday the 13th, we're going to play Jason. Yeah, let us let our hair down tonight, family. This is that Friday the 13th, you understand me? You know, let us let our hair down. You know, it's fire season. So we're just giving y'all the the heads up. You feel me? It will be very respectable, filled with a lot of information and jewels. It will be true later. But rate it off for ratchet consciousness. That's all I'm saying. No. To be family, there is a lot going on. There's a lot going yeah, on. Everybody in the New York tri-state area who plan on coming out this weekend to linking up with the good doctor and his better half, Dr. Lenali, for the Father's Day event, for the Father's Day extravaganza, for the private affair that the uh, the one-on-ones that he's having on Saturday, uh, it'll it'll feel good seeing people that I haven't seen in a while. I'm sure that we'll see some faces that uh, we necessarily haven't seen in a minute when a good doc comes out. That's what he brings out. So I just look forward to linking up with everybody. If y'all at the event, you know, don't be shy. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't fall into the retrograde. Fall back. Holler at your boy. You know, holler at me. Come by the table. Chop it up. Cause we in the building. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I ain't make it out yet. I'm still, I'm still west posting, still throwing them W's up. But you know, 
I do believe in magic, so huh, I can end up jumping yeah. through a portal or something. I'll be there. You know, yeah, excellent. Nonetheless, yeah, yeah, get on my ex and get on my bishop. Shout out to my brother, KC the Arc Degree. He was supposed to be here tonight. He couldn't join us tonight. He said after he saw Edge tomorrow, he had to go back to his uh back to the drawing board, sent it back to the drawing board. So he said he needs a well, little bit more time. Yeah, I think next Friday he was yeah on the solstice. Yeah, he's coming back for the solstice. You know what I'm saying? You know, wrap that thing up, and uh, you know. Shout out to Turtle Gang. Bring that, oh, you know, bring that heat wave. Yeah. Okay, talk Shout about it. Shout out to Turtle Gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just came from a very. Shout out to my dude Big Teach. Shout out to Brian Lee from Polo Grounds. I just had a. Hmm. Very interesting meeting. What was it? Wednesday night. Uh, Polo Grounds, who, uh, you know, Brother ASAP Rocky, ASAP Mob, ASAP Berg. Berg. Are they one Kane County? Put them in the chat. Huh? I said, what's going on? But they want to be styling the Kane County? Kane County first, bro. Let's talk about Huh? Nah, anyway. I can't really talk about what, you know, we're just working, bro. Shout out to Dane okay. Dash. We're just working. We're trying to own things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my brother Brian Holiday L. 
You know what I'm saying? He told me what was going to happen two weeks ago. And well, we may have missed the opportunity to get on it. Huh? If that's carbon dated and watermarked and bookmarked, then you need to bring that man forward so he can do what he do, you know what I'm saying, and, and nah, claim his he, report. He, let, me, let me explain something to you. He's doing what he got to do. He's just doing okay. it in the background right now, and there'll be this is not information that you share with the general public. He told me to reach out to a select amount of people. I didn't get a chance to do it on this go around because of the short time, and I'm preparing my lecture, you know. But there's other sporting events that are coming up. The World Cup is popping. You know what I'm saying? Popping. There's many things. That, yeah, he has everything documented. This shit is 110%. Okay. It's not a play-play thing. And this community want to play with information. They want to play with our scientists. They want to play with our sciences. You know? This is not a game. They want to play with our scientists. You know? Yeah. I already know. So, this is shit people will spill blood for. But, mm. you know, we have a show, a platform where you're offering it to people for a nominal fee. And, you know, they'll turn their back on it but go to work the next day. And I'm not taking no shots at anybody going to work. I'm just saying leverage your time in a situation where you can extend yourself into the future financially. You feel me? With a, with a sure shot yeah. thing. So it, 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 it's, some cold, it's some cold folk out here, you know? We got geniuses amongst us. And I really don't think that people, quote, unquote, believe that. And it deals with a whole lack that they have within themselves. And I'm not necessarily talking about the family here on the phone. But, you know, if the shoe fits, you know what they say, you know what I'm saying? Put that glass slipper on. I'm just saying in general, you know, the conversations that I've been observing taking place on the social networks, via the quote-unquote conscious community, you know what I'm saying, the way that they're responding to uh, brothers that are in perilous situations, like our brother Master Coyote, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and, and other brothers. You know, there's a lot of memes popping off right now. There's a lot. Let's talk about that tonight. I'm going to address some of that, you know, and there's so much to be addressed that it won't get handled tonight. But, you know, shout out to Ruby D, love and light to that sister right there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, rest in power. Rise in power, should I say, because, yeah. You know, ironically enough. As that that offset energy unifies with her, a saw energy in, in the form of Brother Ozzy Davis, you know, as tacticians, the yeah. only thing we can do is rise, yeah, wait for them to rise in power, you know what I'm saying, and tap into yeah. that energy because it's, it's available. They've gone yeah, back to that essence and part of the collective. Yeah, how you know, about that? I want to see, yeah, if I see, <laughs> if I see a spike here, yeah, if I see a spike in uh, black couples, I know that she's working. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, last time we and seen I'm saying, her, like, ironic, Nah, hold on. How ironic, the last time I seen my sister, Ruby D, she was the mother of a heroin deal out of Harlem. American gangster. Okay. You know, the, so Talk about it. I'm just saying, this, it's just the, the retro was real interesting, man. Retro was real. Our brother goes down the day before for being a heroin dealer from Harlem. You know, then Ruby passes the next day. You know, nah, he didn't go down the day before that. He been down. That's another thing. 
No, I'm, that story yeah. surfaced the day of the this first day of the retrograde. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it mushroom, yeah. everything that was talked about that the retro that the retrograde represents. She dies the next day after our show where we addressed that and talked about the brother got attention for that. For heroin, this is a rare, you never, you know what I mean? This is very, a heroin case, an overdose, three ODs of heroin. The brother's not from, the brother is from Harlem and is identified as a Harlem, you know, lecturer, speaker. He, the last time we saw her, played the mother of Frank Lucas, a Harlem heroin dealer, you know, her state on, you know, American gangster. I'm just saying. Okay. Irony, you know, the great divine sometimes speaks in signs, and that woman signified that brother's message that the black woman is God. If anybody signified that, wouldn't it be Ruby? As the oracle, she was Oh, the yeah, oracle. yeah, yeah. She, she, she held that and title, you know, she had... Uh, she had the like legal nature. Man. Yes. Maya yeah. Angelou was oracle. She used the power of the word. She used the logo safety in. Right, Maya? Yes, yes, absolutely. She embodied that. You know what I'm saying? She She's was, a legend. What's that? What's that program? You know. Huh? So, just putting things in perspective. I said she was that program. You know? Yes. But we're going to get into it, right? I don't want to jump off. To, I don't want to go too deep into the drink right now, you know what I mean? Because we, we want to bring our brothers on tonight, the scientists, and let them warm some things up so I can interject a few things in there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to have opportunity definitely to address some things, you know. I'm waiting on my sure. brother, uh, A.A. Rashid, to show up. My brother, Buddha Sink, is in the building. So we're gonna to go to the lines very soon, and um, on both fronts, you know. And the fifth line is the family. It's y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's the audience. Okay. So that moon is out where you at? It's not out. Where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. It was on. Uh, it, was huh? on it was on display. Okay, what are hitting for? Hmm? When I seen it last night, it was super low out here. And it was dumb big horse. Mm. I mean, yeah. I'm going to go and look at it in about an hour and see what it's looking like. But when I just saw it, okay. it looked very mundane. But it just got dark out here about 30 minutes ago, so. Okay, yeah, you gotta let it do what it do. Right. Yeah. All right, hold on one. Get the D family. Right? Let me do this. Without no further ado, let me bring the first brother into the conversation. Um, before I do that, real quick, they want to bring this brother forward. Brother, um, Rod, cool. If you're on the line, please press one.
Brother Ross, you there, press one. Brother to come forward. Hello. Yes. What happened? Huh? What happened? No, I'm here. It's good. I thought you opened up the line for your caller. No, oh. yet. Um, I was waiting on Raku to come forward real quick so he could do something on this moon energy. I wanted to set it oh. off with that. Yeah, but I don't see him Did in the call queue as of yet. Huh? Oh, you don't see him in the call queue? Okay. Yeah. He's not in the building as of yet. You know what I'm saying? Well, hey, Rashid, if you are in the building, please press one. Seeing, you know, numbers is coming, going back and forth. Aaron. I will just give him a minute. Let me go to our first guest for the evening. Call up from the 213-804. Call up from the 213-804. Peace. Y'all, big up to the family and nation. Wagwan, everybody out there. Wagwan. Yes, my brother, Wagwan. Big up to my bedroom, Dirty Sacks, and his old family down in Florida, down north. Every time I come on, I have to big up some of my people out there and out of the streets. They always be telling me, yo. So big up my brethren there from the Lost Tribe. They line in back in the day. Don't know who you are. You understand? Lost Tribe is yes, the best. Yes. Brother, man, I'm going to need you to lean forward into the phone. You real laid back. You're in the gangster lane right now. All right. How are we going? Is that you good? <laughs> All right. I didn't want to overpower the people tonight, so I know we got to get in for a nice, heavy session. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Yes, hey, I want to give a shout-out to our brother, Bowden Me, you know. Big up the Rose Fellas, all the Logo Sapiens out there, everybody that's done joined the Logo Sapiens Art and Cultural Collective. Big up the Logo Sacks. Yeah, man, everything is moving. KTL audience, all the family and nations. Yeah, man, you got to... You got a powerful unit there, man. The brother's been turning out a lot of work ever since this last local safety show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to spread the message amongst the people. Because I know these Android means need to interface. So we have the people out there placing up something so they can interface with to bring them out of that logic and focus them back on the logic of the living man, the original man. So I love the work mm. they put in, and um, that lets the people know that it's actually authentic, that there are, that we are real people. We're not just radio personalities, um, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. Flesh and blood. You know? Mm. Yeah, we so have a lot to build on tonight. Oh, a lot of things we're going to get in with the people tonight, um, especially when we get into the... Um, so I'll wait for the other bedrooms to come on. I'm going to bring you on the other bedrooms before I actually go into it. I don't want to monologue the short. No doubt. Tonight I want it to be a no real dialogue yeah. between the bedrooms. 
Yes, indeed. Indeed. Y'all waiting for our brother as well. You know, I spoke to him right before the program started, so he should have been here or he should be coming very soon. You know? Oh, well, Rebecca is not ready to come. Um, first thing um, I guess we could get in on is uh, I know a lot of people's probably wondering why I'm focusing so much of my build on logic and language. Well, the whole purpose of that is um, my perspective and one of the part of the essence of the theories that I'm propounding is that this specific dialect of what you call the English language, the, um, the Teutonic case, what is called the Teutonic case in Western form of the English dialect, is the epitome of linear expression um, that they use to encode okay. yes. their sciences through the mas- we- through, um, masonry. And that's why they right. have the Geometria code that um, explains and codifies most of their books of um, science that they use to hide from us. You understand what I'm saying? So understanding right. this language and, and, and the very simple structure of it and the principles I talk about are essential to mastering and transforming the linear structure of this form of logic that you, without uh, any fault of your own, are inevitably trapped in and have to communicate in, no matter what form of business, no matter what form of articulation or declaration of self, right? Uh, no matter what form of post-liminar you want to go before the court. And I'm going to get into that tonight. We're going to talk about the concept of just post-liminar. And, um, and 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 law and idea itself, but no matter how you want to bring yes. this concept let me, let me, to support, right. let me do this. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold I'm on one second. Let me open up. Let me open up my brother's line real quick because his phone just dropped. And let's do this. Okay. Let's deal with a definition in terms. Let's not assume that people even know what logic is. Let's define reason. Let's define logic. What, immediately? The brethren did that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, big up the brethren, everybody. Well, I guess if you would define logic, it's the, it's the manner in which the word or the positive, the separation of an idea, an act, um, is validated in relationship to its negation. That would be the actual essence of what logic is. Um, you can go to a dictionary and you're going to get, in a good dictionary, at least a page-long definition of logic, and um, it's going to amount to a probability statement. And that's kind of what I explained, but the logic is the logos. It's the word. It's the act of separating or of the idea of creating an idea in reference to not creating an idea. That's why it's the it's the ratio of one thing existing 
without the prospect of it not existing. Now, this is, is made into an equation is what people don't have to understand, that uh, the, the fundamental thing about the definition of logic is that it's a simple equation, and it's a, it's a two-part equation with four variables. It's 0, 1, 1, 0, meaning that you have something and then something that is not true. The not true thing is real before the something thing is real. Then you have something that is real and something that is not real or something that is not true. In the second category where you have the one O, the thing that is not real, I mean the thing that is real is actually gets a one now. In the first category, the thing that was not real gets the one. And that's the definition of logic. You can't really place the definition of logic into words that make sense because it's an explanation of that ratio. That sounds a lot like binary because contrary to belief, binaries don't start with zero, they start with one. No. All binary code starts zero, zero first. And then the first act in every binary code is zero, one. Then one, zero. Right. Binary code starts, so you got to understand when you do zero, one, right, and then you do one zero. That's the reciprocal. And you understand this is why this is a ratio. And logic is the explanation of the science of validating ratios, which is the essence of metaphoric meaning. The structure of how you identify a word is based on its difference from other words. This is why all truth starts in the negative. That's why it's zero one. Then it's one zero. Now from that simple right. box. Now when you do that, that's a box. Okay? Those one, if you form an X, you align both ones up. If you form a zero, if you if you form a, if you line the zeros up, you'll form the X. All right? That's the same original Christian cross. That's the linking of the positive and the contrapositive what is called the contrast or the negation and the contrary, the positive-negative with the negative, and that forms the X. That simple equation of 0, 1, 1, 0 expands into propositional logic, validity logic, every form of logic that you can think about. Because based on that, that box, you can form equations. You form algebraic equations, and then after algebraic equations, you get into differential um, equations and mathematics with um, multiple variables because you start doing contrapositive mathematics. And it's all based out of those four little simple symbols. And that's sort of the definition of logic. And, you know, I can go look in Webster's Dictionary, the Oxford English Dictionary, and give you the roundabout, but that's basically what the definition means, is understanding that ratio between something being and something not being, and the logic of that being equated in the ratio. Like, it has to balance out to zero. It has to form a perfect equation for the logic 
to be valid. Otherwise, it'll be illogical and what is called a logical fallacy. And then the discrepancy, the um, the breakdown in the, the syllogism, or the breakdown in the um, in the structure of the initial posit or the objective of the posit becomes valid. I mean, or invalidated because there's no balance to the overall um, equation that the sentence represents. And that's what I mean by logic. So when you ask for a simple definition, it's kind of hard because we're giving them a new approach to what logic is by explaining that fundamental thing or the picture. Let's say that image is a metaphor that should come to your mind as the base definition to the word logos or logic. And then that's applied to yourself as an idea or a, or a function of, of ideation, of, of, of creating ideas in the present to manifest um, what you call self. I don't know if that works for the people. You know what I mean? But Indeed. that's the best that I can give them for a definition, that, that long-winded way of explaining those Four positions of one o o one o one one o. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, once a person is able to formulate, you know, this level of logic, how does one go about applying this particular logic? All right. When you understand that those, when you start out zero one one zero, yeah. that all starts in the prim, in the premise that anything, any idea, any ideal, any um, any thoughts you have starts as a false. Because the only thing is true about something that can be said and something that can be said of, uh, against it is that both things are false. Okay. That's very important to understand when you're dealing with the way people use language in the Western world. And this is what I'm trying to get the people to understand, that as beings that come from the world of tones and have tones in our essence, we want to deal with truth. And we're always taught to deal with truth. So we actually start our form of thinking with both things are true. The negative and the positive could be true, not they could be false. This is how we come at the world. The people that are formulating the businesses and the construct to the economy and, 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 and formulating the distribution of things amongst us for what people call control or the system, they don't start that way. They don't start with truth. They start the way that I'm explaining to the people, that the only thing that is true is that what I'm saying could be true or what I can pose against it is a falsity. Therefore, when I construct my truth table, the first truth is that if X is true 
and why it's false. But I believe, I start my logic, my first idea is grounded in the fact that both things could be false. Then the only thing that's true is that Y is true as a negative to X. That's why it's O Y for their logic. Then, now because Y could be true and was true and negated X, now X could negate Y and we can have one O. And that amounts to positive, negative, or what they call contrast, contrary and contrapositive box. That is the structure of balancing sentences. That's the structure in formulating certain writing and documents. For instance, if you're in court and you read the way the court documents are written, everything is written in the negation. It's all written in negative context because they don't operate in positive law. So they have to use either contrapositive context, which gives you a way out when they do that because if they say a truth and they, they negate themselves, what they avoid. So the best lawyers write all their paperwork from a negative proposition. And that's why the law reads funny to people because they're taught to write from a positive proposition. And they can't understand how the language is negating itself but actually making a positive statement as it's read and explained to them. But this is why. So this is why it's important to understand how to apply this box of logic because once you get into the structure of language, which is in the third dimension right now, all right, it's in the subject, verb, object, or subject, verb, complement, depending on if you're using a predicate, adjective, or a predicate complement to complete the sentence or, uh, or a straight object. And now, if you cannot read a sentence and simply separate it into the subject, the simple verb, and the object of the sentence, then what you have is a sentence that is pure rhetoric and attempting to manipulate by pausing itself in one other form of the box of logic. This is real talk. And if you understand that, you can see when someone's writing in a contrapositive text, when someone's writing from a position of straight, straight idealistic positivity, when someone is writing from a naive sense of initial exposure to a concept and positivity where someone is writing in a hidden coded form of negation of a concept to prove another truth that they're hiding in negative um, appropriation of, of word difference, which is word meaning. Now, then you can understand someone that's trying to posit a logical discussion using linear dialogue along the relationship between the subject, verb, object tension that automatically must be balanced in the perfect sentence, which equates to a perfect mathematical equation. And like I explained in the initial conversation we had, the greater your ability to use words to balance that tension between the subject, verb, object, 
um, orientation or complement orientation of meaning you're trying to achieve, that is different from other forms of self-expression, the more resonance and effective your sentence will be and the more applicable to whatever point or area of study. Within the box of logic, you're trying to exhume and expound upon. This is real talk. And the, 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 the lesser your ability to do that, the weaker your equation, the, the, the more friction that occurs in your equation, and the equation won't balance. And whether you're in chemistry or you're in a, um, a bioscience or you're in some other form of the sciences where you're dealing with equations, if the equations don't balance and you try to implement it, you're going to get some form of, of disruption and um, um, breakdown, some, some form of, of, of resonance of that lack of balance to the equation, the sentence that you're essentially trying to justify in the form of logic. And if the logic cannot form a way to balance amongst those posits in the logic um, box, you won't achieve a resonance that that I have any actuality or ability to achieve a unity or a structure of actual meaning. Um, and this can be expressed in what's happened to our community in itself. Yo, so I have people coming over to get to deal with live excuses before I right back. Hello? No, I'm sorry. I had to walk in the door. The person friends of mine, they wanted to come right. over and, and listen to everything, you know, live. They're just listening. No doubt. Take your time, brother. That's all. I'm back. I'm sorry if I got too deep, man, but I really want to get into these questions and explain this to people that it's very important. No, 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 no. And I'll, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll explain to people that it's very important to understand that in this, you, you, um, United States, okay, which we know is different from America, but in this United States, which, you know, is different from a Mexican, we all know that, but in this United States, how you are taught to structure that relationship between the SBO and the SVC controls the manner in which yourself develops and is expressed. And we can get into that very deep tonight. I mean, this is very important that your that your expression of how your cognitive logic actually functions is expressed in the way you compose a sentence. You see, because the sentence speaks for you in your absence, not in your presence. It's the very act of difference and manifestation of meaning true difference. Thus, when you write a sentence, for it to be perfectly balanced, you should not be there to explain the meaning of the sentence, which is the most difficult thing to do, to prevent other people from coming and interpreting your sentence and changing the difference. Okay, so your, your the positive sentence. self that you made. So it's very right. important to understand is that this expresses how your cognitive function of self 
actually resonates with you. It's different than you right. being there to speak. See, if you have something oh, you've written oh, that you have to explain, oh, you have to know. You don't have a statement. Right. It's very important to understand that. Can you can you speak closer to the phone? Oh, if you have something, there you go. if you if, if if you if you write something that you have to explain that is in the form of yes. a sentence, what is called a complete thought. You don't have a sentence. You have a note. You see, that it's note, very important right. to understand that the sentence speaks for you in your absence, and it's the... The absence, right. Yeah, it's the manifestation I, I of the meaning is created yes. by difference. And so when, when, I'm, when I'm explaining this, these things to people, I'm trying to explain to them why they made the English class boring why the rappers enjoy poetry and learn the rhyme from poetry class yet dropped out and only the, the concept of tones resonated with them. And most of them, if you go ask any rapper, I'll tell you this, they came out of an English high school and said that they got inspired from poetry. They got inspired by Walt Whitman, <laughs> Emily Dickinson, <laughs> I'm, and Shakespeare, they'll tell you that these people were fly and how they were slipping words and what they were doing. Then they'll go off into some other poets that they love, but and people don't know why. It's, and it's, it's a certain thing these people did with the language. And it allowed and resonated with the people of tones. And it, it kind of helped develop the orientation towards um, freeing up the acceptance of how we use the language to be accepted in music and what those artists actually did with the language for their people made their people sort of come into our culture and have a reference point to understand how we use language. And that's why those young artists would resonate with them type of people and then go off and rather than learning the sentence, would learn the rhyme and learn the construct verse and become superstars and versification of the sentence as a way out. And most people struggle. They didn't want to read the novels. They didn't want to write the essays. The way the grammar was taught to them, none of this was explained, so it didn't make sense to them. You know, everybody calls this language a bastard language, yet you can pull any word from any other language into this language, structure it in one of the two tiny cases, give it a resonance um, of semantic meaning upon seven to 14 levels of connotative association and, and have it function within the SVO sentence and actually resonate with the balance or lack of balance you're trying to create in meaning. And that's the only language you can do that in. The only language in the world you can do that in. Matter of fact, when you speak another language and you draw any word that's been placed in the Teutonic case of the English language, as we know it, the dialect in this um, part of America, it, it sounds artificial. Yet you can bring in Taoism, and that sounds natural to English. You have a noun, and you have an adjective. You have a whole concept around Taoism, Taoism. You're given that a case. You can bring in... Sanskrit words, you can bring in um, 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 words from um, Indian dialects and spiritualities 
getting ahead of myself now, but any work you can bring into this structure. And yeah. There's a reason for that. And then if you bring it into this structure, there's a balance and resonance around their geometric, geometric cipher, the geometry that they use to construct resonance and speaking code to control linear thinking. And if you don't master that, then they have control of yourself. And that's where the Android mean comes in. The Android mean is a byproduct of linear box thinking language. It's the epitomization of you not having a linguistic self and therefore not having a fundamental identity within the sentence and you exist in a phrase structure of being, an incomplete thought. And if you check how people text message, how they use language, where their identity is in cyberspace, you will see that I'm telling them that they are the android me. They, they cannot even complete a thought. The, the thought is completed in you. When someone speaks to you now, the language is so coded that the actual completion of the message is in you to where their self and yourself have to merge in a cyber meaning sort of space. They don't, they don't have a meaning that they actually express. You have to read into the meaning and make sense out of the meaning according to whatever code y'all agreed on, whatever cyber context that your language applies to in terms of the community you exist in through your Facebook and social media association. There's no complete thinking actually going on amongst people because they have no sense of self in the structure of language anymore. The sense of self has been adopted and programmed by the epitome of the box coming out of your disinterest in the structure of language, therefore being transformed in the media usurpation of yourself into an identity called the android me. That is no longer an I or a you. Your I and you is placed in the me, meaning that your neurological self exists in the media and no longer as a biological function and structure of your ideation. Someone else is controlling your ideation through master of linear linguistics. And, uh, can I interject real quick, just so I can give yeah, you some sorry, examples? And I, no, you didn't. You didn't get too deep at all. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere that you took is where it needs to go. I just want to pepper them with an example so the family can take the information and then they can marry it to these examples. That was a, that was a late bomb for you, right? No, it's no bombs for the whole of you. Indeed. To point out what the brother is saying, you know, family, let's take into account the new campaign around the N-word, all right? If we go into society and we go to every public school and we go everywhere to every people, you know, our people are at, and we say, yo, we got a million dollars if somebody raised their hand and show me where the N-word is at. 
You know, who's the N-word? Who's going to identify with this label? This label has been created in media because the uh, the logic goes that we can't say nigger in public. Now, when the word becomes so powerful that you can't say it in public, you know what I'm saying, what type of energy does that particular word carry? But then the same people are being petitioned to ban that word in place of something called an N-word. What is an N-word? But they're talking about it on the news every night, so they're speaking about a people. But who are those people? Those people don't exist. Who identifies with an N-word? They took the G out of niggas, and then they left you with an N-word, which is what they're creating in the media now by emasculating males every day on public TV. And then calling them N-words. What the hell is an N-word? You feel me? But that's a reference that they're making in the media. It only exists on TV. It don't exist in the real world. Other than when you see our quote-unquote, you know, self-appointed leaders, they'll walk around with the banners and the T-shirts and shit saying ban the N-words. What the hell is the N-word? Yeah. Let me you open see, up Red's line real quick. You see what they're making the word real through negation? That was real talk right there, Blue. You understand? They're Absolutely. making the word real through, through negation. They are saying the N-word. So Show me the an N-word. N-word. <laughs> ban the N-word. Not the word. They can't, the, the word's so bad they can't even say ban the word. You understand what I'm saying? They can't say ban nigga. They have to say ban the N-word to where now the N-word achieves a reality in negation. This is how these and people move. And, yeah. and now and that becomes a positive concept for some people as a negative positive. You understand? And then that becomes somebody's consciousness. And they go out and make banners and, and develop a social identity behind that. Oh, no, I don't use the N-word. You just use the N-word. You just use the N-word. The N-word is a phrase for the N-word. It doesn't mean nigga. It's, it's just like you said. The, the, the finalization of the discussion is taking place in somebody's mind. If I'm saying the N-word in your mind, you're not saying N-word. You're saying nigga. Exactly. If I, if I text you LOL... You know what I'm saying? My mind is not saying, when I read it, I'm saying laugh out loud. If I read L-M-A-O, I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm saying laughing my ass off. But you're not saying it. It's you know what I'm saying? Me. Or are you? No. It's not even telepathy. <laughs> and and, and be, communication is dealing with, yeah, it's, it's a tonal frequency that goes with communication. So if I'm looking at you somebody, know. I'm like, I'm laughing my ass off. You know, that carries the energy. But if I'm sending this to you in a text, what am I saying? Well, watch this, my you. Only only you can interpret what I'm saying. You feel me? Yeah, watch this, my you. I just explain to the students, this is real talk. This is something you learn when you go to um, a teaching credential course and you get into linguistic studies and acquisition of language course and um, how to use multiple intelligences to teach different students um, language acquisition skills. Now, they put up a diagram, and they write um, what is called um, wealthy people. And by um, um, 
No, no, I say take that back. They put up, yeah, they put up a diagram that says wealthy people. By wealthy people, they mean people, you know, they don't pick their own clothes out. They've never, they've never earned money. You know, no one in their family has had a job for maybe four generations. You understand me? They, and, that, and the diagram says that from the age of 3 to 11, these people acquire a 60 million word standing vocabulary just based on their association and movements amongst the people and families and the different languages and dialects and all the different connotations right. for every word that they know. They Listen, they get a 60 million. Then they get down to what is called um, the working poor people, the merchant class people, and that's people from lawyers and doctors and judges. They get a vocabulary of 30 million standing words before the ages to 3 to 11. Then they get down to the, to, to, to the, you know, the wretched people, the poor people, the lower class people. They acquire a vocabulary of 62,000 words between the ages of 3 to 11. They have a standing vocabulary of 2,000 words. They communicate with 200. Therefore, anyone can move in the ghetto and learn 200 phrases in that ghetto and speak the language all over the world. Mm. And that's the type of fight wow. we fight in the terms of logic. So that's and why they were so thought of by hip-hop. So that's how much different logic people have over you. Is what I'm trying to explain. This happens between 3 to 11 with no direct teaching. This is a result of exposure in society. This does not right. account for what happens in school. It goes from 60 million to 30 million to 62,000. Wow. The usage of That's 200. Crazy. And now it's going to be reduced to probably. 60 or 70 text phrases that are flipped back and forth with some new little term off in the hood that people done bounced around for its sonic resonance and, and, and the quality it, 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 it addresses in whatever, you know, frequency they attune to in that area of the ghetto, you know, where they're dealing with. But that's, that's, that's what it's gone, gone to. And this is where the self is. That's where the level of communication is. And this is why I'm trying to break the people out of by understanding actually how they've been taught to process information. And we've the only, we're the only people that this has happened to. Like most of right. the Eurasians that listen to me are probably like, well, why is he talking about the basic sentence and... Um, first propositional logic that we mastered in, you know, sixth grade, and we've been using, you know, as we went through our life. You know, this is how we make our decisions. You know, we put them in the box of logic, and we see how, you know, how it's going to benefit us, and, you know, and we do the equation, and what's wrong? You know, this is not difficult. You know, I'm sorry to be pejorative if they want to claim, you know, with the little tone or whatever, but for real, I know it's people out there like, you know, this is unnecessary. Oh, no, it's not for you people. Um, our people, um, 
didn't inquire what you acquired by your acculturation and association with um, the positive Jesus Christ in the center. We had a different experience with that reality that must be explained to us in a different manner so that we start applying this logic as we reason with ourselves and construct the complete thoughts and our ideation of self and our reality of us and get back to that and actually have that as something tangible that can be expressed in our in our absence, I mean, in our difference, in our affirmation. Hello? Uh, yeah, so, you know, if people want to build with me on that, you know, we can go further into the concept. I'm not trying to stay abstract with this. Like, when I start teaching the course, I'm going to teach 10 simple sentences. I'm going to associate them with the 10 paths of the Zephyrah. I'm going to show how right. each sentence is the phrase. And then a sentence based on the clause, four, four, six phrases and then four fundamental clauses associated with them with the four fundamental phases of logic. And you'll understand how you've been locked down. You'll be able to go to any court, read any document, and understand how, the, how it's written, the logic it's written in. You won't need, you'll be able to write your own documents You'll be able to do research and acquire knowledge and understanding in a different manner because you'll understand the logic in which someone wrote something in. You'll be able to look at the structure of the, the, the sentences that he's manipulating, how he's positing these ten fundamental sentences, what energy he's working with as he's doing it, what's the rel- how that's going to affect the idea itself that's being developed in this presentation of the logic, that that's all that's occurring when people read something. And and I know this has changed how we um how we are able to achieve. Like we'll have a, a basis where our theories will be grounded in a logical formation of truth. Um, and thereby, they will create. Like I keep telling and trying to explain to the people that everything you go to school and learn is a theory, someone else's hypothesis. All right? And the whole reason the hypothesis was created because of the scientific equation that was created. And they needed to have something in linear language to correspond to the validity and truth and proof that came out of the logic of science and proposition of something, a noun, a thing, an entity. And so they created the structure of hypothecating and having a hypothesis and using elements of logical proofs and structure of sentences to prove a point, to give writing, which was, linear writing was created 
to formulate public opinion. This is what it was done for. This is how it emerged and what it, what it created. And to give it validity in the fiction, they had to create a parallel concept for this, the creation of the essay, the linear verse, and the novel that corresponded to proofs in theoretical mathematics. And people understand that they know proofs and truths are not things that are real. They're things that exist in the balance of the equation. And the likelihood of the probability of it being unsolved other than the point that you solved it. Like no one else can go further with the equation. So, and language works on those same principles of false logic, like logic, the principles of logic based in and structuring resonance and meaning for something that is false, because it it, it emerges in an idea, which is the actual separation from the spirit and the being of what we call God the unity of the unexpressible, the tetragrammaton, the explosion into the, you know, the force, the basilashi, the O one one O basilashi. Right. Because people don't understand that even if the very fact that God had an idea means that the idea was not God. Because he had to have it. It had to be outside of it. It into the sentence, so there had to be a a subject, God, then a verb, having, have, to get a movement of occupying the object, the idea. That in itself creates a falsity. how they get their logic about the ideas beginning in the falsity. And then that separation from the mind of God becomes an act of negation, a negative. And that's how they write their truth table. And then they hide the science in the occult mysteries that they claim are negative so that the people that we, the people that begin with truth and only know truth because we resonate in tones, so we try and begin in truth, and we want to deal with truth. That's part of our problem with guilt, our problem with transgression, why we love the church so much, because we're dealing in a world of falsity, and it, it, it indulges us with falsity. And the reality of that plays on our longing for truth, and that destroys the self because we don't understand the logic of how this shit works. And I'm not trying to give people an opportunity to be like, oh, well, if this began in the negative, then let me wild out. You know, I might as well trap it out, as they say out there. You know what I mean? They want to be Birdman, East Atlanta, whatever, do they think. But I'm not talking about that. I'm trying to explain the logic of how this man works against how, how, how the way the law works the way the sentence structure works that he's using so that when you get into 
interfacing with the system, you understand this logic is being imposed on you, and you know how to think. You don't expect truth, but you know why you don't expect truth. It's more than the fact that it's racism. Racism is justified by his theory. He'll create eugenics, and a lot of people don't know that that man knows eugenics is a falsity. You can go into the scientists that did the biggest family of eugenics. By the time they got to the fifth, sixth generation, all their children was retarded and couldn't even breathe again. They had to go reinvigorate their blood with melanin. They have to breed with people that are melanated to keep their recessive genes from imploding upon itself. So the science of eugenics in itself, when it's used in a proposition for revolutionary dialogue, doesn't even explain the discrepancy and degeneracy of what it actually did to themselves. Like, you're willing to do this to yourself. And your own bloodline off of theory, of course, you will take eugenics and try and impose that upon the black community, but to no avail. It won't work. There's too much melanin. And you're destroyed by eugenics to the point to where you've got to promote interracial relationships in this day and age to replenish your blood high to stop your children from being born with illnesses. No doubt. Like, I'm not getting racist. This is real talk, Doc. No, I feel you. Red Pill, you were talking about this, about the, uh, you know, about the band festival. What did you see? What do you mean with the ancestors? At the What I was explaining in this is how the reality of something can be twisted for another point without people actually looking at what happened with the science of eugenics. It can be used in a in a uh in a a dictum to promote let's say racism. But if you actually go into the logic of what happened when they tried to play this out, it'd be it it'll come out as something different than the metaphor for racism. It'll show you the degenerate state of a certain mind of a certain application of logical principles to a point of self-destruction. You know what I mean? And, and that is show you a level of thinking more than a certain attitude against a people, more of an uh, right. uh, ideology of how the self sees itself. You uh-huh. understand? So we're looking at a breakdown of logic. Yeah, in eugenics. Right. In the concept of having the U gene, the perfect gene, the one, which can exist, in trying to create the perfect structure of something. And we know that science, that that is impossible. You can only approximate to perfection through understanding what self is, that, that approximation, through language and tone. And right now, this is the language that this shit is going down in, is what I'm trying to really explain to the people, and that this is how they got you. Just with that simple thing, this is how they're doing it. 
Right. That's simple. Real talk. Did, did yeah, I need you to hold me down for a second, Brad. Um, y'all can either chop it up or I can play a song real quick. I need to oh, call. Uh, yeah, Pooley, you could go in. I'm holding. I'm I'm right here with you, bro. All right. Another yeah. thing I wanted to deal with the people on is how during this NBA ritual, as they're destroying LeBron. Um, that, you know, and given given his his stance as a persona for justice, making him weak and um and helpless and um without an answer and um destroying um a certain image of blackness once again as they're promoting a television program called Blackish. And I really didn't want to give the program any um, promotion, but I was watching the game. I had it off, and I saw that they had ran an advertisement where they had the word blackish, and they had the phonetic breakdown on it and the the actual um, definition for it as an adjective, meaning kind of like black. Now, this is very strange to me that this flashed across the television, um, and I didn't have sound on, so I just saw this flash across the television, and I said, Blackish, you know, what is this? And then they had the little trailer, the little program, the little trailer for it or whatnot, Lawrence Fishbrand or whatnot. But I went back to the word Blackish, and I was looking at how the game was going, and I was sawing, I saw that, no matter what the show's about, because I don't know anything about the show, I just saw that term. And that word, blackish, as a destruction of black, because we are, we've already used black as an adjective. And when they put blackish up as a new form of an adjective, because we already had black power, black male, black this, black that, black bag, you know what I mean? We have all type of black. You understand mm-hmm. me? Black magazine, you understand me? And we already use black as an adjective based on usage in Tutani case for English structure. So why would they come with the program blackish? Maybe the word black was too strong. Um, there was some cultural, not political. You understand me? I'm not talking to the Moors. I'm talking about political use of um, identity and of self. I'm talking about a cultural resonance for the term black was stolen it seemed like, as, and a new adjective where things was become black-ish. And then knowing text language, people use ish as a synonym for shit nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so in the text world, that resonated as black shit. So this is black-ish, black shit. But the program didn't reflect anything that was black if people want to say it was only black-ish. So now there's no noun positive for the people in the hood that, that identify themselves as black. Everything they do now is going to be black-ish. That's a black-ish hairstyle. That's a black-ish way of dressing. That's a black-ish way of um, designing your beard. And that also resonates with being Jew-ish. And um, I wanted to bring that out there to the family of communities before this blows up 
and just ask people to resonate on what's happening with this adjective being purported as a noun as opposed to the noun black as an adjective and, and used amongst the people. And what happens if your child only knows blackish, so when they go look up the black power movement, they have to look up the blackish power movement and whatnot. You understand? So this is what I'm trying to tell people about how this language thing actually works and the logic and the science behind how they posit terms and ideas and run with it and create identities and meaning that have resonance amongst you, and you will fight and die for it. So I hope I ain't going in too much, man. I'm trying to wait for the other brethren to come in so we can get the round table started. And you know, I'm seems like I'm giving people more questions to ask rather than answering questions. But I don't know any questions yet. So if you got any questions online that you want to read, and people want me to go in from the previous show or something, yeah, Greg, can you text the uh, we can do that right now? Red, are you online? Can you check the KCL Empowerment yeah. email? Because that's where they were supposed to send the questions into. Oh, okay. Give me a minute. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to handle that. Um, I'm waiting on Rashid. Something popped up with him. He got to handle real quick, but he's coming. All right? Yeah, I want to drop a new book on everybody else, so I want y'all to check out um, Charles Chestnut. Check out his life story or what they tell you about his life story. Right. And um, Did you speak on that? Yeah, well... I, you well, said what's his name again? Charles Chestnut. And um, oh. check out Charles Chestnut and Chester Hines. Um. I want y'all to check out um, the house behind Cedar Falls. All right, when you read this novel, the main thing I want you to pay attention to is the exchange of money between the primary character and the the official, I'm not going to tell you what type of official, because I want people to go in on this. Um, and the official, the ex-official or officer, um, ranking officer in the Confederate Army, and where he gives him the money and how much money he gives him and why he gives him money and what he doesn't give him is very important when you read this book. Then the scene when he ends up in Washington, D.C., and he participates in the reenactment of a um, chivalric episode where they do the um, the cavalier writing and they have the lance writing and they do the Lancelot business. And um, after a month or so, I'm going to give a full build on that text. And I would like the people to go read that text and those two sections of the text will be imperative to our understanding of that text. Because as we build, I'm going to start giving people literature that they don't know anything about, certain books that they should have read, certain authors that they should be familiar with that 
um, were responding to what's happening to you now on how yourself is being conditioned by the, the manipulation of the literary center. So the house line Cedar Falls, very important. And as you look up that text, make sure you look up Chester Himes, Charles Chestnut. And you'll find out why. I want you to look up both those people. You'll find out which one wrote the text. And then we'll go from there. I'm not just giving people everything without doing the work. And tonight I hope we got questions on the novels I talked about in the original discussion because I'm ready to help people and explain whatever field they want to understand about those texts and how they're relevant to our overall discussion. Yeah, we'll definitely see when we get into the uh, into the questions, and I'm probably going to get some calls as well, see if there's anybody in the audience with any questions. And your correspondence with the people, you know, they've been emailing you back and forth, and people that you've known, is there any questions that anyone has posed to you, or is there anything that they said that you should have elaborated more on in the last bill? Um, man, most people, um, they've just been um, asking me to explain basically what I was explaining er earlier about how to really apply this to the, um, the, the SVO concept. They really want to know how to structure language, um, using the concept of the logo sapien and understanding how to balance a statement, and a lot of people were uh, asking me to explain, you know, that strange white man. I don't know why they always do this to me, um, with that parse syntax who's um, misleading people. What he's doing is just using prepositional phrases as subjects in and of themselves and um, direct non, I mean, direct transitives, non-linking verbs to connect with uh, prepositional phrases used as objects so that the sentence always stays in a prepositional um, framework, which is a very dangerous way to write because the sentence never posits a true subject and a true verb construction. And you can always come onto that preposition and add a true subject and verb. Um, um, so, for instance, if you say in that form of, of, of reasoning, for the parking of the car, as he says, is for $1,500. And you think that's a solid statement, but that's prepositional orientated statement without any true subject. You use an entire phrase as the subject and the next entire phrase as an object with a linking verb in this case. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but so in doing so, it doesn't explain who is 
for the parking of the car. So someone can come and literally say, he is paying me for the parking of the car. I am allowed to obtain money for $1,500. And that is a logical sentence that destroyed what he wrote because you've entered a new subject and verb and has placed those prepositions in proper prepositional category. And because he didn't define what the actual subject, he never created a subject for the sentence. The sentence was always in movement, let's say. He never isolated it on the linear context. And if you try and write like that in court, you will go to jail because they'll just come in and complete your sentence. And, you know, this is very important, you know, and furthermore, when you go to court, you know, you go to jail, they give you a sentence. And it's important that they call it that. And a lot of people, you know, that's what it comes down to them. You know, the law, how it's structured. And when you get a judgment, you're going to get a sentence. You get sentenced. You don't get incarcerated. You get sentenced. Then they incarcerate you. But the first thing they do is sentence your ass. And that has a lot to do with logic and language and what I'm talking about for the people, what I'm trying to really build with them on. So I hope we really get into it tonight where a lot of this becomes clear and not just an inapplicable theory because it's very important to have theory. And I keep explaining to people that I'm one of the theoricians out there trying to give people an intellectual source of material, the mind, and create based on understanding a new approach or application or actually revelation of how logic is applied in our life and actually relevant. And I'm not doing equations of trickery. I'm not talking about, that's why I'm not really getting deep into how to create equations with logic, and I'm explaining to people that if you just understand 0110, and you stretch that out into a square or a rectangle, and you posit the ideas of deposit, the negation, the um, contrary, the contraposite, and you go into any one of those, and you apply dualistic logic, so if you're in the positive, you have to apply one duality, positive, negative. If you're in the negative, you apply one duality still, positive, negative. If you, once you get to the contrariety on the, on the positive side, you have a duality of positive, negative. On the negative side, you have a duality of positive, negative. That can be worked out, and mathematical equations can be drawn out from that. Once you replace the truth table with variables. And then those variables stands for mathematical concepts or ideas that you're trying to achieve balance. You're writing a sentence with. This is what happens. This is how they do math. Um, this, this way of using 
um, logic thereby becomes more more relevant. It has more um, of an ability for us to go out and find uh, a section of that box. So you might be in the contrapositive section where there's a double negative and a double positive, and each negative has a duality, a positive and negative um, truth table associated with it. The other negative. So you have four, because you have two dualities there. Then there's double positive, and you have two dualities on that side. And that, those equations can be mathematically applied based on running the truth table with variables. But it all starts out with O1 and then 1 O. And the people that understand that are the ones that go into the logic and write equations. And impose those equations in sentences. Those sentences become theories. Based on those theories, other people go and try and apply them in other aspects of language, science, uh, mathematical theories in terms of offshoots and springs and um, other scientific applications of a theory. So you may have a theory in anthropology about bones that originated off the study of bones that moves into an anthropology of, of culture. And then the anthropology of culture moves into the same theory moves into a study of language and becomes a language theory. Then as it becomes a language theory, it becomes a mode of writing within the school of literature. And, within, and then it predicts and creates its own mode of criticism to validate it. This is how things happen. Off someone else's theory, someone else's idea, someone else's a mode of using logic to inspire other people to think and apply a vision to a constructive um, creation of something. And that's what I'm trying to do for the people because I've seen for too long that no one in the conscious community has really focused just on really teaching the people how to think and process information objectively. And the only way you can do that is by teaching them to get to the object and personally balance. That's, that's, not trying to, that's critical. Not, not trying to prove a point to them, but just teaching them how this object in your SVO or SVC structure of reality um, completes a thought that is balanced right. and has um, essential meaning and self-evident, axiomatic axiomatic presence of self, you know, in, in the statement. Because um, I, I did the geometria on ideals earlier, on the word ideals. And you think about ideals, the ideals are the ideals. And um, the ideals are the Constitution. And that word has the same res- resonance as the word heaven in the geometria, the 23, the um the breakdown of the mother, born to the five, the power. So your ideas themselves, your ideals, your ideas exist 
in the heavens. It's an act of euphoria, an act of um, ephemeral creation, um, creating out of nothing. It's an act of separation that can manifest into self and play out the box of logic. And it's now I'm trying to provide a new way of of thinking to the community so that we have a structure of logic in the way or we understand the structure of logic so that our arguments now and our our the theories that we start operating on and the resonance of them being in in what a category where people might call fiction no longer has a negative or pejorative connotation. That fiction is seen as the first point and action of self, of, of reality, of spurring a community. It, you, you, that way the people are inspired to actually create new forms of ideas rather than try and get put on to the old idea. You know what I'm saying? Like we have our new way of of, of, of establishing a logical approach to how we're going to manifest and control the expression itself and how we're going to control what the noun is. We're not going to allow the noun to become blackish. You just can't say blackish and have no adjective for that to modify and create a new concept of blackish and start modifying nouns with blackish when no one in the community that I know about has ever used the word. I've heard grayish, bluish, reddish. I ain't never heard no one say that's blackish. Either it's black or it's another color. Oh, that's blue. That ain't black. That's navy brown. That's, that, that's, nah. We don't use blackish as a term to describe black as an adjective. So, I mean, I know that may sound redundant and I'm, like I'm harping on some, but to me it's a manifestation of how language empowers and controls and takes over self and gives you new self and controls identity. And then you adapt that language, you think in that language, you encounter other languages in that proposition of self, you carry all that energy to deposit, and then you run that through the box of logic, and you end up without a self, what we're seeing amongst the community, a commercialization of being, an android me. I just, I'm, you know, I want to get deep, but I'm trying not to build too much. I'm waiting on the people, you know, to come online so we can open up the dialogue. Bro, you, dialogue I know, but you, you on the beautiful art in terms of where you're building up so you might as well just go in. I'm still waiting on Rashid to call in. Um, I don't know if Rad right. finished checking the I'm back room. Go in. I'll go in with a, a clarification for the people. A lot of people was asking me about um, how the West Indians were populated primarily with people from North America. And I was explaining to people that... Um, you go into the history. And see, when you go into the history, you have to watch out. Notice I'm saying history. It's a story. But a lot of people don't go read stories when they read history. 
they read analogs and annals and accounts and dates. But the man tells you his history, and most of the history are in the stories. It's in their novels. It's in certain things they write about certain time periods. So if you go into the history and the literary history, you go into their journals, their annals, and you correlate facts and discrepancies between their journals and analogs with their actual literary stories and accounts and oral traditions of the time, you'll find out that most of the slaves, and this is very important because a lot of people hear the word slaves. It's another ideation thing they get on people when they think black people are African American when they've never said that with the word slaves. They've never even said African slaves in a document other than a document that was based on some type of international import or export. Anytime they've used the word slaves, it's included all different types of nationalities, skin colors, anybody that was in servitude and in slavery and was abducted from Europe, from China, from India, from Africa, and from here. And most of these slaves only existed in Virginia. Yeah, like how they showed you in South um, Carolina. No, see, but a lot of people understand this. And Georgia. They showed you that in Gladiator. There was no slaves. And when they in had Alabama everybody together, they was all slaves. There was no slaves in Florida. Ninety percent of these slave things existed in these five or six southern regional states that were where the slaves from Europe came and were put there as slaves to populate these places. When these people were offered freedom by going to the war to fight on behalf of people that did not want to come into personages or fictitious personas at law, that's what the Civil War was about, they were given freedom. Then those people marched across the United States, into areas that were called Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi. You see, all the states that have Indian names were not part of the 13 colonies and were populated by original autochthonous indigenous black people over here. That's why they do not have names that reference anything from Europe. The only one is a port city. And they were fought down and kept on the island in that port city by Maroons like St. Malo and other black um, people that were affiliated with Maroons from New Orleans to St. Vincent and the Garifano community to Jamaica, to Cuba, up into San Domingo and the islands of Haiti. It was all yep. one people, all throughout the 1600s, the 1700s. And they were centered from the Mississippi River Valley. And when those people came across, they went to war against them people, started enslaving them, and made Mississippi and Alabama the, the cornerstones of the most vicious type of slavery to where people thought that sending you down south meant they would send you to Mississippi or Alabama. No, Sending you down south means that you would come from one of those other slave states 
or be so rebellious in the Indian territories that they would send you down to Mississippi, Alabama to prepare you to be exported to Louisiana into an illegal slave trade that was outlawed into the Caribbean islands. And this occurred through the entire 1700s. And that's why there's such a connection between the Caribbean islands and the people that are up here. And then in the 1800s, illegally, they had an illegal African slave trade, and they brought a fresh brand of African blood that was now different into the Caribbean to give a different look to the people and try and uphold the myth of people coming from Africa in mass and populating the Caribbean. Yes. And Lord. so that there would be a cultural division and link amongst the languages, the food, the regional dialects, and the understanding right. of the actual history of the people. And this is real talk. Right. Let me do this, Lord. Let me go and open up the brother's line. Let me bring Brother Rashid in. And oh, okay. um, we can commence the conversation. Call up from the 818 818 200. Oh, that's tough right there. Peace. 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 Well, well, yeah. I'm so happy you live in the building right now because um, for years, I'm going to tell you this, Buddha, and I know with all due respect to the listening audience, but uh, you know, to the people who are listening, you heard all due respect, you know what I mean? I was waiting for you to come or somebody to come with this dialogue because the African-American only got a 150-year reading legacy. And I don't know why people are under the impression that they are intelligent. I don't know what's the gauge who told you that, you know what I'm saying, that you were intelligent. Um, intelligence is predicated on your um, scholarship, not how well you can um, fix cars or make a, a bicycle from nothing, those are ingenuities. Intelligence is for people who want to direct the course of people's thinking. And in order for you to focus on that, you need to be a, um, you, may, you need to be a past master in the art of um, reading, writing, recitation, and communicating effectively, as well as warfare. You also have to have warfare because uh, your intelligence is worth nothing if you are not able to um, engage in a, a joust, uh, in a sense, to enforce your law. You understand? So I'm glad you came because they never got me. They didn't get me my first lecture. They didn't give me the first two, three, four years. Boot, I had to bring all the other teachers in, you know, and I had to do that. So now I see this renaissance occurring where there's this new wave coming in. We can't let it be succeeded by the, um, the the niggas in New York that's fighting over 200 people's $20 bills. That's all that shit is. The niggas don't want to bring the people who can actually create the mindset required for us to transcend the limits of the language that impose the obstacle where you can't get by on a revolution. You heard, and they keep recycling niggas through this same bullshit. The niggas is not smart. And the ones who no, no, we got a break. Leaders, 
listen. Listen, fuck that, fuck that. Listen, listen, my nigga, listen. Go ahead, go ahead. And the ones who, listen, son, the niggas who profess to be these niggas' leaders are doing these people a little injustice by getting them caught up in character and not into the underpinnings of how to conduct thought, you heard? Because there's no reason in the world all these niggas, all these grown-ass men, all these radio shows, grown-ass men, YouTubes, DVDs, and... None of these niggas could say that they spoke to, you know, I just spoke to the twin. I just got on the phone conference with AA and twin. We vibe. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. These niggas only cool with niggas when they want to get on the radio, son. You heard? Outside of that, these niggas ain't reaching out, making up. Think the motherfuckers in New York are supposed to make an event just for my cousins, just for the KTL, to let them host it and bring in this new current, but these niggas fighting over 200 dubs. Niggas lucky they get 50 people in New York to gather around that bullshit. 100, 200, yeah. And I wouldn't even be, yeah, I'm mad. Fuck that. And the reason why is because I know better. You heard? I know better. And they know better, and nobody's there to speak about it. You heard? You heard everybody talk about they want unity. Everybody want unity. These niggas don't want no unity. Unity is in the bread. It's in that paper. I am a fucking master and a genius and an innovator, an artist. I'm a motherfucking, I'm one of the motherfucking cornerstones of this whole shit. Them slimy motherfuckers in New York ain't bring your boy in years, nigga. You heard? I got to go all over the country. Nigga, out, out the country. You heard? And they got that as the epicenter with these bullshit concepts. Please teach me no, how to write a sentence. No, you're not allowed that to happen. We linked up on the West, and you understand. There's supposed to be a new energy to come from the West. B, and um, the way we're coming with it is going to make the whole conscious community have to step up the actual structure of how they how they deconstruct now. They're gonna have they're gonna have to step up their logic. People are gonna be able to see through them. If they write something, people are gonna understand. They sense it's positive immediately. He's going to be exactly. good. That game is over. They can't come with Thank that rhetoric no more and lock you out of anything. There's nothing to be locked out of. The people are going to learn and be taught how to think in and of and for themselves. They're going to be free. For real. If people don't believe me, I hope some of my students call in tonight and verify to you that I know what I'm talking about. One of my top students, his freshman year at Berkeley, he won a fellowship in the Department of Rhetoric. Freshman year, they um, tried to uh, um, expel the man because they said he was plagiarizing his um, essays, that no freshman could come in, in, into Berkeley and write this well. They came out of a school in the ghetto of Eaglewood, California. And right. they made the man sit in the room and write an essay in front of um, the chancellor and the dean and um, a few other high officials in the school. And when the man sat there and wrote a new essay on the topic that was fresh to him, he earned the fellowship in the Department of Rhetoric as a um, freshman, and they apologized to him. Yeah, they let me tell you something. My wisdom, my witness, the first time I met you, G., the first time I met you and we vibe, 
I came home and I told my weirs, I said, yo, I just met one of the smartest niggas in the world. You heard? And that was from our interaction. It's very rare that I get that out. You heard? And it was based off of how you articulated in great detail your your mastership of literature. And as an independent, I didn't go to a school and receive letters, but as an independent reader, I have indulged myself in, or I had the time to do it, to sit there and actually challenge myself with um, with Western concepts. And I started with um, with current and Nietzsche and Schopenhauer, and I, I traveled through those roads, and I, I read that stuff. I went all the way to Ken Wilbur, to this, to this, you know, this dude now, who's the, uh, you know, and and I read all that stuff, and for at least six months to a year, I honestly did not understand it, and I didn't understand it until I got Reverend Valentine, because Reverend Valentine was putting the words that they was using in these other contexts in a different context. It was like a context that applied to my environment at the time. I was in an environment where, you know, white folks that hate you and want to kill you. So yeah. you had to have a militant mindset, you heard, that's yeah. not obstructed with emotions where you can't defend yourself, you know what I mean? So yeah, I understand. Trust me, bro. Yeah, so when I got... When I got the Western philosophy mixed with the melanated, the uh, the underpinnings of his light code transmissions, I was like, hold up. That's when I had fell out of favor with the Muslim community because I had no longer cared about maintaining that veneer or that cover. And that's one of the first things that happens to you. And I was very naive and I was very, what you call it, immature for me to want to uncloak my 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 understanding, but that's what you do when you just learn something. You want to let everybody know that you know that. And what made me flip on Islam from a faith level was when I found out Jesus don't exist. Ain't that ironic? You heard? Because yeah. that's one of the cornerstones of the Islamic paradigm is that you gotta honor Jesus as a prophet. So when this yeah, that's I, read what the I told book, you they gave him that book to make the Jesus narratology real. Right. So they they flipped on me. They they was like, you know, but now I know better, and now I know that all of those things were um, uh, meant, but they were psychological means to adjust the mass psychology of several people simultaneously. And I would That's never right. shun religion. I will always use it when in benefits. Let this let shit jump off, and we get on some Book of Eli shit. You think I'm going to be running around telling niggas I'm in the Kabbalah? If there's some Book of Eli shit, I'm not telling nobody I'm deep. I'm going to try to guide these these listless, wayward souls back to Jesus for survival. You heard? And, and, the, and, the, and the people who know what I'm doing, that's going to be our little secret. You heard? But I'm not going to be. Yeah, these people right. are so lucky, Buddha that they got this opportunity to get the mystery system. They could Google the mystery system. They could weave it together by listening to the words that people say. But this is the last chapter that people have not. I don't care how much stuff you know about health, the the the, 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 the underpinnings of all of these magical systems, and you can look all up into, the, into my eyes and tell me what my feet look like, that's cool but you don't know shit about surviving in the company of Caucasian men with service revolvers uh, uh, that they use for business 
if you do not understand the mentality running itself through the current of Western mentality, and it's all in large as a brother has been promulgating all this time from his last presentation now, that is in the literature. It's in plain sight. It's right there in your face. I want to ask an intelligent question, Buddha. Yes, sir. I want to ask you to expound on, if possible, the technique employed, and the reason why is because I have a student body, and this, this is one of the most difficult parts to teach them before I get to the next phase of the Red House. We did the tree. We did the alphabet. Now these last two stages we're dealing with systems. I have no because there is no concrete evidence to create a bridge from any ancient, ancient people. And when I say pragmatic concrete, I'm talking about like this, this is the evidence. that There's no evidence to show where Kabbalah came from if you use the language of scholarship. However, if you use the language of, of metaphysics and the language of anthropology, you can find that it's African in origin. Now, the one thing I want to ask you is what is the Western name, or give us an, another example of the style of written exhortation used in books such as the Quran. Are they comparable or the same with other popular books that may not have been composed in Arabic, but uh, were composed in English and or Latin that use perhaps the same literary style or the use of pentameter? All right. Um, what he's referencing for the people out there is um, for those of you that read the text that go from left to right, uh, I take that back, from right to left, the ancient text, the text that approximates to the world its own, um, they have no value, as you know them, in the world of sentences and um, paragraphs. Why? Because all those texts were composed in that manner after the world of sentences and paragraphs was formalized in writing, after the structure of the Jesus Christ, the fundamental ideology of the self, in a linguistic inspection, I keep telling you, I love you. I love you is the same sentence as I have a thought or God had a thought. It's the same positive of, of subject, verb, object. It's the same relationship of self, and that had to exist with and in God. And once that existed with and in God and can be written about in a fiction, and then have a presence in a fiction that was the story of his life in the fiction, in the creation, that became the idea of the self. That's when the actual concept of having a self, a, um, a me, an I, a thee, a thou, Back in the days, using those words, you can study the Quakers and certain people. Those words were um, sinful words. You, you, the king would kill you. You weren't supposed to have an I or a thou or a we or a thee or a me. 
So when you get into any text that you say is written, I, I, if you get into any text that you say is written, and I don't care if it reads from right to left, it's written by people who structured their sentences from left to right, and they use a geometria. They use the cipher code to write your book from right to left. And then you have to apply that code to reinterpret your book back into how you think from left to right into a subjective-verb orientation of reality to express self. So if you ask, all right, how the Kabbalah comes about, you, uh, Reverend Valentine showed you that the 22 alphabets of the Kabbalah were reflective and emblematic of the constellations and the light symbols, which are light pictures in the darkness and the sky. And I told you that the story that you write in is an astrological story. The language that you, the first story is man looking up to the stars, looking outside of himself and creating a story an astrological story, the Heiru story, which fundamentates itself in the book, the final book, which is the story of Jesus Christ. That book allows every other book to be created. Before then, you may have had some block printing, you may have had some hand-scribed scrolls, but those were all songs. They were meant to be songs. You were not meant to mean anything. The Talmud, all those things, none of those things were meant to have a meaning. They were meant to be sung. It's song. Well, the Buddha, okay, his line dropped. He'll be falling right back in. All right, there he goes right there. 213-804, call a piece. Yo, yo, I'm there. So when they put them in book yeah. form, that perfected the story into the square, into the logic of what I'm explaining to the people. So when you go and read these books, and you think the book came before Jesus Christ. No. You see, you're thinking about Jesus Christ as a historical entity, as a personage for salvation. All these connotations apply because they have to structure you in a timeline, in history. This is why if you ask most people, they'll tell you that, they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Then you ask them, what's today's date? They'll be like, yo, it's uh, June 2nd, 2014. Well, that's Jesus Christ crying, my God. If you go ask any other religion, they're going to give you 5,000, They're going to give you 14,089. They're going to give you some other time reference. You exist in the time of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ it's more than an actual self that you want to believe. It's an idea. It's an I. It's the essential. It's the reason that you can say I am. That's why they give you the mathematics of the name being I am. That's why every black man should read John Alfred Williams' um, novel, um, The Man Who Cried, I Am. And it's about the soul of the black man that retrace, retraces their triangle trade route to no avail, looking for itself in slavery to find out it doesn't exist. That just his whole resonance as a being of tone existed 
antithetically to the same thing. Yet he was an author and a speechwriter and a master of language in the text who retraced the whole triangular trade route looking for himself as an African slave to end up in Belgium, dying from rectal colon cancer, defeating the white man by publicizing the King Alfred papers as before they could kill him, the fact that he's already suffering from a death, existing as the anti-hero, the anti-the weak version of Heru, defeated by a logic that he was not aware of. And the book exists in triangulations and a reversal, a reversal of the subject-verb-object orientation of logic into the object-verb-subject itself that didn't exist as he dissipates into a meaningless pride for his reference to Jesus Christ, I am. So when you deal with this Jesus Christ thing, it's more than a religious aspect. So, and the question that he's trying to explain to his initial students, they have to understand that they are reading that an identity molded in a characterization of a thing called Jesus Christ and characterization of themselves. What people know about you, what you do, how you're described, what you say about other people, and things that you do not do. And you have these modes of characterization and structure of self, what becomes how your identity is structured. Then you read that back into text, and you'll get a text that reads from right to left and opens from left to right, though. What they tell you is backwards. If you read from left to right, the text opens. You understand me? To the left. So it's open backwards to the right. And you read from right to left. And you think you're going to get some meaning. You think you're going to find uh, some way of, of, of truth that's more relevant than the linear way. You think there's a way outside of the L, outside of the Gimno, outside of the, the, the left bending. And if you study the Kabbalah, it shows you that those four boxes, there's actually four, but you're locked down in three because you only have the ten. You only use the ten the ten Zephyrots, and you take the 22 paths that takes the alphabet and merges it through 22, 22 paths. You see what I'm saying? Those 22 paths use the four condensations of the vowel, of the tone, to create the alphabet, the, 22, the 26 letters. That is a reflection of the light in the universe, in the astrological story that is reflected in you. It's an outgrowth of the logic and the and playing out the old one. If you play out the old one, you get all the constellations. If you choose the 22 constellations that are reflective of the alphabet, you have a light code language. That light code language based on four densities of sonic quality applied to the alphabet. 
I mean, apply to the vowel, the A-E-I-O-U, and the A is not there. That's important to note. There's four tonic frequencies to the vowel. Those tonic frequencies are what completes the Zephyroth's 22 packs. And that's why you have the 26 letters to the alphabet. That four that we talk about is the same four of the logic box. It's the same four truths that you can posit. And it resonates in you adding a vowel to the consonant because when you speak the ancient languages, the vowels don't matter. But if you speak linearly, the vowels actually matter to complete the 22 versions of how you're locked down amongst the 10 posits for the word sound, the identity, the unity of letters into, into words, into numerical values amongst the Zephyroth. And the Zephyroth originates, the Kabbalah originates out of the structure and possibility of there being a gimel, a right turn, a linear language. For you to be able to turn right and form a square, you're counting one, two, four. That logic, the contrary positive, um, the con- I mean the positive, contrast, contrary, contrapositive, let me get it right, that is the same thing as one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four contains all the numbers from one through ten, the, the ten digits of any positive you're trying to make, whether you go zero through nine or you go one through ten. So one through four sums up the ten. They lock you down in three because they don't give you the full 13 positions of the Zephyroth. They give you the ten to move through in 22 phases of language using the vowels incorporated for sonic resonance according to how they use in logic. And that's what's going on. So if you don't understand that, when you read the dim text and you read those old texts as though you're in the past and you're moving forward, and those texts are building you up to Jesus Christ, oh, no, that's not how it goes. The same way you exist in the present and you look back into your past to construct an identity that explains where you're at in the present is the same way the idea of Jesus Christ is structured back into the past. And people try and look for everything. And always from the Heiru story, from the Sumerian Saragon story, from Tiamat, from outer space galactic stories, from Superman. People will use anything to prove that Jesus Christ was real and actually existed because they have to live in a timeline that has a past moving up to the present, meaning that they don't understand the present. And this was done to them by the fact of them creating a Jesus Christ. So now, when you try to explain it in the Zephyroth and where did it come from, it has to have an origin. It has to have a point in beginning because they're in the linear mode of thinking. And if that had a point in beginning, then it has a point now. 
and the point noun is the end of that line. And now I can go make a point with that. I can go argue with a nigga that's a Christian or a Hebrew Israelite. I can argue. I can make a point. And that's their frame of reference for acquiring the knowledge, is to structure a linear sentence that makes a point without understanding how a linear sentence works and not even wanting to resonate in the linear mode of logic. So now they done read a book that they thought was antithetical to the linear structure of logic, but actually came out of that. And contrapositive reason was actually the to, the, the, to be part of the um, statement rather than the, the I mean, the to, the, the to not to be, the negation, my bad, rather than the to be part of the statement. Excuse me, people, I don't like to mix you up like that. But um, in doing so, they um, now read into these texts a truth that is not present. They read a linear mind into the text that's moving antithetical to their linear mode. It's moving in the contrapositive form of reasoning. It's moving right to left on the, the, the um, scale of the numbers, on the number line. It's moving backwards. It's going into the negative. Yet you exist in the world where the number line moves from left to right to form positive notation. And this is why I tell you, it's only the people that's going to deal with contrapositive logic in those texts that are going to have a positive effect on the people. The only thing about that is when you use contrapositive logic and you multiply it, you end up on the positive side of the number line, but you're always facing back towards the negative. So that means they're, all, they're the ones that bring the negative spirit into the positive side of reason. And this is where we're at in how we formulate logic. So your students don't understand this. They still believe that there's a point where something began, and they can go find that point and how it began, and then trace that up to its uh, manifestation in the now, rather than looking at its manifestation in different points of presence that have been recorded to speak for themselves in an absence as an example and a code of how the self is either controlled or controls itself. You see, that's the science of control. They make you control yourself through fear, through whatever it is. The true science of control is you control yourself for their benefit. And that's what we're getting at. That's the whole point behind understanding how the difference between the two modes of logic um, or, the, or, or understanding the logic and when I'm in two modes, the difference between the actual resonance of the world of tones that is, was never written down. This is what people understand. If anybody tell me about Islam, I know for a fact Islam was a song. And when Islam was first introduced as the songs that would be collected into what would be called the Quran, they had to be memorized. 
and they couldn't be mem- uh, written down. And based on your adeptness in memorizing the songs, that determined the level that you could get into the mosque. And then you became one of the actual people that were allowed to write subjects that had nothing to do with the songs you knew, but reflected the ancient versions of tones that were in the songs and the mathematical equations and algorithms and and functions of logic that you could create and manifestations of the of the state, both brutal and some benign, because you dealt in a form of logic that allowed for negative and positive. The book was not written until the 1800s, and that destroyed the tonal um, frequency of what would be what was our Islam and created a fractitious thing called the Islamic movement and a militant idea itself as a reaction to the fiction. This is real talk. So a lot of them don't understand that the ancient texts were never written down. People that um, look at the Egyptian and the Kemetian sciences, like the reason the Commission sciences are so geometric is because that was an uh, epitome of the linear expression that would come in language. That was a physical expression of what was going to happen to you in linear language. That's why they had geometric, straight lines, right angles, hypotenuses, stood on the square, all the language and science that is applied to your geometria of the English um, alphabet, everything that makes the linear, the left-to-right resonance, the SVO structure of sound have um, linguistic resonance. And since they didn't speak in that form of linear language, they constructed using tones, buildings to explain what the hell was going to happen to you in this logic. And that's why you can use all the symbols of Egypt to explain the structure of the English sentence, the English novel, the idea of Jesus Christ, the structure itself. You don't even have to go into the actual history. You can use the myths and the building structure themselves and explain the whole narratology of the development of the self you live in. And that's what all the commission scientists are doing and dealing with. But it all still comes out of this linear sentence. I don't care what any of you say. We can go on with this. And that's and that's basically the creation of the Kabbalah and an explanation to your question. And I hope that's the price. Yeah, no question. It, uh, it, we touched a lot of areas of significance of the fact that I know in my studies, I've noticed over the course of years that a lot of books that they've been purporting to be of ancient origin really aren't ancient at all. And they uh, they eloquently in their scholarship point to the first confluence of Kabbalah being province friends 
However, we know that it's only separated the Pyrenees, is the mountains is the only thing separate province France from uh, Spain proper. So the epicenter, of course, was the uh, was the uh, it, it wasn't it, it, it was so many oral traditions like the Sefer Yetzirah is not ancient. It's an Arabic mind, an Arabic, it's an Arabic speaking African mind expressing a cosmology in Hebrew. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So, exactly. so when we we hear these things, we think they're ancient, but they're they're really uh, Eurocentric gauges to hide who the Chaldeans is, who the Kushtim are, eloquently and insert themselves as a fiction in the form of this Ashkenazi. We need to actually stop calling them Ashkenazi because the word Ashkenazi predates their very existence. The word Ashkenazi appears in the in the uh, in the Bible along with other words. I've never heard any African scholar expound, even the ones who um, who make a point of letting you know that they went to Egypt. They never expound on the linguistic affinity. They they bemoan and hate the Bible, stomp it out, um, you know, real preachy with it, make people laugh and all that cute shit. But nobody never told them that the book that they denounced. Uh, involves the cosmological dream sequence of oral traditions that are still enacted and still prevalent and still at use in the continent. And the people who speak Medunetur are Muslim today. And the Muslims, they are the West African Senegalese Muslims who, who are in the Maurids and in the Tijani Sufi order. And they, their Islam is different. Their Islam um, involves magic. In the, in the use of what we call cameas. They're the ones who originated and advanced the use of the magic square based off their use of algebra and, and, and knowing how to create a sequence inside of uh, squares where all of the, uh, the numbers add up in any direction you go to. That's a, that's a simple um, algebra equation. You know what I'm saying? That I see has been trans. And over into like language, right? So it's it's interesting. Um, once my students get over this hump, because you know they 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 come from an Afrocentric background, they need origin, historical origins to promulgate to feel good about themselves. And I'm telling them there's another avenue of history involved in this called anthropology. It's cultural anthropology. And well, see, a lot of them don't understand how, like, if, if people really go and study where they called the slaves were, what were territories at the time, then their whole story of slavery will get broken up, and they'll come out of that narrative. And you see, one thing about um, the black experience with the Jesus Christ narrative, it's very cold because... You see, when they gave black people the Bible, they gave them the Hebrew Israelites version. <laughs> I know they're going to be mad at me for that, but they, they whatever. The Old Testament is what they gave them. And they made them identify with the suffering and the vicious God and the Ham story and everything in the Old Testament. They really couldn't give them Jesus. They didn't give them Jesus yet. They didn't give them Jesus until the 1900s. You know, oh, honey, you had Harriet Tubman, you had Moses, you had spiritual. 
referencing the Old Testament and coming out, and it wasn't Jesus yet. It was very important that they did this because if they had given them Jesus, they would have gave them the South. You see, they couldn't get Jesus till after the Civil War. Because after the Civil War, there was mad black people that hadn't been enslaved. And now black people that had been enslaved, they had no jurisdiction whatsoever. This is what people are going to find out in that book I gave them, The House Behind Cedar Falls. Um, Cedar Falls. There was no jurisdiction over these people. The first jurisdiction that was placed over them was now baptism in Jesus Christ. That was very important because now when they got Jesus Christ, they came into the fictitious identity itself, and that would work its way out into all the manifestations of self that we know that went through the 1900, into, the, into what we're dealing with now, which was a, a very rapid development. Um, to build further on that, like, you can ask black people at certain times, they want the good old days, and there were no good old days. There was, there's never been no good old days for black folks, or what they call black folks, or people under oppression in the fictitious system. There's always been a form of subjugation and oppression and, and development of self amidst uh, a resistance to that, to that positive, making you want to be that fiction even more and creating other means to articulate that fiction. But there never was a time where there was black men in the home raising their family. No, that's not true. There was occasions of that. But if you go back into the history, no, that never existed. They wasn't allowed to do that. There was so much, and I mean the history from 1832 to now. I ain't talking about the history before then. I'm talking about the history of the identity of self. If you go back and you look at how the self was actually structured within what they call the African-American, the fictitious version of the Jesus Christ soul identified with what they call black people, there's never been a time that was good old times. There's never been a time where there was a community. Even when they say, like when they tell you about Greensboro, more people died in Greensboro in those black coal mines than in the white coal mines and suffered, suffered, man, horrendous suffering for, for capitalistic sake. And because the capitalists that were um, part of the industrial movement at the time were getting a bank, we celebrate that and act like it was just a, a good old time. But that's not true. It was niggas getting their money. It was community going on. But there was still a certain um, oppression of the self that was occurring. So there's never been a place where there was um, we weren't subject to kidnap, going to jail, in prison, um, um, locked down, develop our whole culture, identity, criminalized through sentencing, through legislation through a restriction of you having the new self that they gave you now called Jesus Christ that you wanted so bad after they 
were done pacifying you with the Old Testament. And now they inducted you into the same version of self that the white people had gotten and had become white people, a fiction, a white person. And somehow they got a peoplehood out of being a person. To this day, people say white people, and I don't understand that phrase. There are no white people. There are some Eurasians that have different nationalities that allow them to exist with white personas at law. And when we came as a new mass of people that had no idea, I'm not talking about the Moors now, maybe some of the Moors that were enslaved that were freed now, I'm talking about the people after the Civil War that came out of the Old Testament version of the Bible with no jurisdiction, needed a new jurisdiction. What's bad about that is they used the Moors and all the educated black men in what they call the Reconstruction to set up the system for the white person. And in 1875, kicked them out of office and flipped the script on them after they had brought all these new people into Jesus Christ and the church and a new jurisdiction that allowed them not to have a self outside of the fictitious jurisdiction because when the Civil War ended, these people had no fiction. That's why they were dirt poor, dirt broke. That's the images they give you. In actuality, the people had no jurisdiction. They had no way for knowing the interface. All these people could have just moved to one of the territories and just set up a new black country. And before that happened, they had to give you a Jesus Christ and set up a church and build a town, bring you into a a municipality and, and a parochial school and a parochial identity, and a sharecropping liberty. And this is what happened. And this is what became these people's identity. And they believed this story. They believed that that history, like when people, when people tell you, your students, when they tell you, like, oh, we've been enslaved for 400 years, they really think that the story I just told you started 400 years ago. And it was white bitches with a big house and some sugar cane with an umbrella walking on the porch talking like Miss Scarlet and I'm gone with the wind. They believed that story. They believed for 400 years there was a big house and a bunch of niggas in the field and house niggas serving tea. They believed like niggas just went into Africa in 1492 and by 1550 it was just big houses put up and yeah, niggas was just on just getting whipped. For 350 years. They really believe that. And they're going to do everything to create that narratology because it has to do with their idea of Jesus Christ, which is their self. And like I keep saying, Jesus Christ is a metaphor for you. It's a comparison. It's, it's, it's a ratio. All right? When you, when you solve the equation... Like, for instance, when we talk about pi, and we deal with pi, and we give them the mathematics of pi, and we give them that number, they don't know that pi is a ratio. And any ratio is a, um, a disproportionate 
mathematical um, division problem, written as a fraction, but it's really a division problem. And you divide the ratio to get pi. And it don't matter how big the circle is. If you put a line down the middle of the circle, if you take the linear mode and you superimpose it over the, top, over the tones, the circular world, no matter how big the circle is, the line and that ratio, when you divide, based on the ratio, you do a division problem. You flip the multiplication into contrapositive mathematics because it all boils down to simple arithmetic, which is multiplication and division, which are the epitome of addition and subtraction. So when you divide the ratio, you get the number pi. And pi is an irrational number, which is reminiscent of the ecliptic, the imperfect orbit, the attempt of the spiral of the self to get back and center and, and move back to perfection for identity. But those, they don't think like that. They think that there's a line and that there was an origin that this line had to start at. And I've got to count down. I don't give a fuck if it was 35, if the dinosaurs was here, 300 billion years, whatever. They've got to count down. And they've got to make that line because they don't understand the, the logic and how the same four posits of logic I'm talking about, which are the 44s, which is the rule of 44 also because the 4 becomes a positive 4 set of the logic and also a negative 4 set of the logic. That's high mathematics when you start doing that. That's, that's real high mathematics when you start writing equations in that format. But those four posits are the initial structure of all meaning and carry the same fundamental logic that pi ratio carries, that the algebraic expression, the fundamental A equals B is equal to C equals D. They don't believe that. So they don't understand how to use the logic box as pi. Um, they don't understand how to square the circle with language. And so they continue in the linear mode of language, not understanding why there are four gimels, why there are four L's, why the four L's form the cross, why that cross is an X, why that X is played out around the four posits of the central figure of self, the Scorpio, the Aquarius, the Leo and the Taurus. And it doesn't make sense to them, and they're still looking for a positive, an identity of being in the language structure, a noun. And then they can take that noun and defend it over to the verb object um, structure that they're predicated being on. And until they understand that the actual structure of logic in language is the same thing as pi, they're going to continue to make that mistake and read 
into the ancient text. as opposed to allowing the ancient text to resonate along one of the gimmels that they manifested in at their 90 degree. Um, like I was explaining to one of the brethren, if you do the build on the number line and you take zero in the middle and you use zero as cipher, that's 10, that's cipher complete already, and you go one through nine to the right, that's 45 degrees, as of the 45. If you go 1 through 9 to the left on the negative, that's up to 45. 45, 45 is 90. That's the 90-degree angle that you bend in on the linear structure of language. And it's 490. It's 4 degrees to that mathematics. then that 4 is doubled in the law of 44 because the same 4 exists on the positive, the same 4 exists on the negative. And see, what's deep about this is people don't understand when you get into the positive and you actually start building in the positive side of logic, the same 4 principles of the logic box are inside the positive. And you, can, you have to go through and reason them out. When you go to the negative, the same four principles are inside the negative, and you've got to reason out positive, negative, contrary, kind all. And when you go to the contrary, the positive, negative, the same four principles are doubled in that now because they exist on the positive and the negative. So you've got to set a 16. You see? You 33rd degree, you 32 degree masons out there. When you get to the contrapositive side, you got to set a 32. Now within that 32, you form mathematical equations. I'm not, yo, you can apply the box yourself. Yeah, and when you do the box, you can take that and do that same line that I told you to add it up to 45 and do that at every four. And see how many 45s you get. You see? And you got to get completion. You understand me? You got to get completion. <clears throat> Every section of the box. And you got to get so many mathematical probabilities that application of any variable, change of one variable, you add one X, one if one probability into that structure and play it out. That's what they do along that logic until you find somewhere on the box where it balances, where it equals a perfect zero again on both sides of the ratio, the equation, and you will have a balanced equation. Now, when you take that equation and you put it in reality, how are you going to break it up? And you're going to have to change the equation and fix it. This is why... Right. When you do physics, you make a model, and the model will be a perfect balance. But when you put it to the actual conditions of the world, you have to twist it and make certain things off balance and out of your, to account for the imbalance. Oh, I'm sorry, B, I'm going too deep. No, no, no. I mean, you, you opening portals, and since you're touching on the number line and everything, I just, you know, I guess I might as well share this phone with the people I was saving it for my lecture, but, okay, you know, 
if you look at the Twin Towers, okay, we already established when exactly did the Twin Towers open. <clears throat> Nobody knows. Everybody knows when the Twin Towers fell, but when did, when did the Twin Towers open? The Twin Towers. The building? Yeah. World Trade Center, yeah. Oh, World Trade Center, man, I'm not sure, man. It didn't open in about the... the World Trade Center seven. opened on April 4th, 1973. Okay, yeah, opened on 4-4. Grand opening, grand closing. Wow. Okay, the towers came That's down building. on 9-11. If you add, if you turn 9-11 around, right, and you reduce it to his uh, decimal integer, what do you get? Once you flip it around, That's you get two nine. That's right. When you add up two to nine, using the logic that you just introduced, my man, what did you get? What did you say now? Did you when add you up add nine? up two to nine, two plus three, three plus four, four plus five, same way if you say if you add up 1 to 9, you get 45. If you take 1 away from 45 and you add up 2 to 9, what do you get? Oh, no, no, no. You get the 44. You get the law of 44. And you see the rule of 44 comes into... Oh, I'm with you right now. We already These built niggas on that. Yeah, the rule of 44. The see, Twin what people understand is the rule of 44 the 44 comes and they after the on the 44, And then they just reopened it on the 44 because they opened it up on Times Square, which was Biggie Small's birthday on 521, okay? And then, and the motherfucking museum is two reflecting pools of four squares, and when you put four squares together, what do you get? You get 44. So, family, again, like I said, these are codes that this is not cute. Like, we ain't playing with this. We're trying to explain to you how they're running the whole fucking program, how they have coded the program. Yeah, yo, yo, and yo, explain to them, though. Yo, 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 family, explain to them when we were building on that, how the box started with the 01 and then the 10. But the 01 and the 01 lockdown, right? And it was the 2. It was the 2 through 9. There was the 44 that they were using to control the 01. And people don't understand how important the rule of 44 and the law of 44 is in terms of controlling your logic structure. How uh, they're using the 229 to control your 01. You understand me? Right. My lord? So when they tell you that, again, when they tell you that 44 is a. Uh, 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 a Tribonacci number. It's not Fibonacci. It's a Tribonacci. Dealing with the principle of threes, you can understand that when you exclude the binary out of the option, which is zero or one, you're talking about it being a trinary number now. Okay, 44 represents the trinary aspects of things, you know? And I think that's fucking amazing. No, but that's that 45 is, that, you know, using, that 45 using that. Is, 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 is serious, too. That 45 and the 54 flip because it has to mirror. Because the thing about yeah. God is God doubles itself, okay? And if you look at the process of mitosis, you're going to find the 44 is there as well. So the shit starts in 44. 
your birth, everybody in particular, twins especially start in 44 because the cell more so breaks into a four and then it splits into, you know, mitosis and breaks all the way down to 16. But if you're a twin identical at that, you start in birth as a 44 because your um, your zygote has to split in two, and each one of your zygotes is four, because that's how it comes right. to embryo. That's why we remember we was building um, on the chessboard. We explained it to the people. You uh, no, don't give them that. On the chessboard. <laughs> don't give them that. Don't give them that. You got forty-four <laughs> on both sides of the chessboard. You got two sets of fours oh, on both man. sides of the chessboard, moving on the grid of sixteen. You understand me? So the rule of 44 exists in the game of chess y'all are playing. And it's the game of chess that they're playing with you and your psychology. We're going we're gonna to get a little deeper on that field. But the rule of 44 is how the two through the nine is used to control your logic. They control your logic. They control your timeline, how you structure your sentence. That equates to how your sentence is balanced or lacks balance, or how you think it might have and achieve a balance as an equation. I mean, I don't know much more to say. Hey, hey, you still there? there? Is there another question for your students? Do we want to open the line? Yeah. Um... Yeah, we're going to open the line. His line dropped a little while ago. I'm waiting for him to call back. But in the meantime, we have a lot of hands up, and I want to get to the callers because it's about them tonight as well. All right, family, 347-637-2135 is the number that we're going to need you to call if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, especially if you want to continue with us past the 9 p.m. mark or the uh, 12 a.m. mark if you're on the East Coast. 11 if you are in uh, Central Time. So let's get to these lines because I do see these hands, you know, shooting through the sky. Let's go to a caller from the 916-916-955. Caller from the 916. Peace. Peace. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yeah. right. Peace, peace to the family and nations out there. Oh, right. Everything is everything. You know, Cali living. <clears throat> peace, pills. He's blue, red. Oh, man. Oh, man. Buddha. Ooh-wee. <laughs> Whole nother level, man. Check this, though. <clears throat> okay, because you talk about the life of Jesus and how they like to parallel that to us in reflection. Okay, have you, have you uh, heard of the synoptics? <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. The, the synoptic okay. gospels? Yes, exactly, and and how they put it in the number system, because it's real it's real curious because on how you know the so-called matrix is how they're running systems and how they're paralleling us and so-called racing us to points and destinations and so forth so on. I feel they're using this <clears throat> as in a program code because they have certain words, certain numbers, and you know, 44, 45, you know, all those numbers just, you know, resonating these words and stuff, you know, because I got to, like, kind of memorize uh, as well as the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, although <clears throat> what they're, you know, working on, 
you know, since you're blasting them out, you know, because you, 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 you're telling everything on them. And I feel this is their basis, uh, especially through media, uh, 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 you know, Internet, newspaper, every time they come out with stories, they have some of these key words in them. And, yes, and they're always there, and they're always there, you know, one through 102. And I feel they, uh, when they create that, and, you know, it's off their great works, uh, um, their great writers, so-called, you know, uh, uh, whoever, whoever. <clears throat> but I think they put it on our, uh, well, actually, I know they put it on our, the element chart because the element chart started at 102. You know, now there's mm-hmm. there's supposed to be many more. Okay, but the, what they did, they did it from one to 102 in the synoptics, and basically, like you say, is it's you know the life of so-called you know the story of Jesus was not in <clears throat> just a reflection of who we are. Uh, uh, what do you feel about that, my brother? Because that's that's kind of you know you shook up a lot of stuff. Yeah, you see, all right. Um, any time you read any any type of ancient science book. It's always going to have a code and a structure of language that's going to tell uh, an astro-theological story to center you in the universe. That's the only thing it can do. When it becomes malevolent, it takes you outside of that revelation of self and places that revelation into an artifice, something Mm. artificial, something fictitious. So, and um, responding to that, I would say um, the synoptic gospels are just another form of, of, of coded language that can be used in that duality. One, to bring you within a self-revelation and give you a centering in, un- in the universe, which means you're now going to have a center in, in terms of structuring your center. Or I'm going to use this not this gospels as someone who understands what they are to prevent you from having a center of self and place that in an artifice, be it a television, uh, a book, an idea of Jesus Christ that has nothing to do with you but enslaves you. And that's mm-hmm. what that text is. And that's what all the ancient texts are. And that's right. the only manner in which they could be used. So whenever I respond to any ancient text, rather than um, critique them outside of that that mode of reasoning, I I I, I just uh, uh, praise their existence and the fact that someone uh, expressed uh, uh, an example of difference. They 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 added to the to the to the presence of meaning by having the text that um, has resonated around the idea itself, be it mm-hmm. negative or a positive uh, position of that new novel um, idea that we are all, how can I say it, um, victims of. And I'll say victims in the sense that it was a rape <coughs> of the self if you really have a true want and longing, I'm going to say desire for what we call the world of tones. 
So exactly. you feel victimized by, by this language and this idea okay, itself. Okay, okay, let me chime in real quick because uh, that's exactly the point because once I figure that out, it, you know, I've seen a lot of stage plays, you know, as you say, like fictitious start manifesting, you know, manifesting, you know, trying to capture me, trying to capture me, you know, get me involved in that stuff, emotional and all that. So, so now, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought, but it come back to me. But oh, the thing good. about it, yeah, but, you know, because that itself right there is is a breaking of a code and, and a waking up type of thing because actually, you know, an elder, he was like, well, what you need now is, is a number system, you know, and I was like, hmm. So I went and found that and I came back to him and he's like, oh, good, good. But he started ignoring me as well because it was like I found something that he didn't expect me to find because, you know, I know about the Hebrew alphabet. I didn't let him know about that. But the thing about it, once I, I broke that, it was a kind of, okay, well, you don't need me no more. You just you let that guide you. But the thing about it is it's not, it's not like it's working for me. It's exactly what you said. It's working against me, trying to capture me. So what I do is use the Hebrew alphabet, what resonates with me. <clears throat> you know, much other, okay, so now you're talking about the tone. There it goes. Okay, so the tone... And I'm looking at the diatonic scale, okay, the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, okay. Yeah, so, okay, okay, so uh, uh, that resonates. I'm, I'm, I'm going through, um, you know, lining it up with the Hebrew alphabet. Hold, hold, hold as on one well second. As, Family, you okay. got a, hold on. You got a minute left, y'all, 347-637-2135 to continue this powerful bill, 347-637-2135. You have a few seconds left. All right, call in family, about 40 seconds left, 347-627-2135, so you can continue with us, all right? <clears throat> Please continue. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so how does that resonate with you right there? Because, uh, you know, you have dying scales and, um, you know, different tones with them. Uh, you know, or are they laced, or are they uh, something more pure than than what I'm speaking on right now? Because dia is, you know, root word of a certain type of meaning and stuff, and then you got the tonic. So, uh, can you elaborate on that, um, Buddha? Um, when you when all right, whenever you say does the tone have me, meaning, you you uh, you're not talking about a tone anymore. You see, a tone never has meaning. Meaning is a product of the senses. A tone only has frequency and experience. <laughs> so when you ask if you utter in a Hebrew tone, or what they call a Hebrew tone, or a tone uttered in the Hebrew alphabet that is um, attuned with a, a frequency of a constellation, of course, that's going to have metal, um, all type of melanated frequency. Every time I utter Gemel, and the L is brought up in the people's mind, and how the L is structured, how the Alpha L, the Al, if you're going to go to the Islamic doctrine, the Alpha L, the Alpha Gemel, the L, the third representation of the Ben, the The, the The for the Islamic reference of a noun. Do you understand me? So does that have resonance? Yeah. 
but it only has mm-hmm. resonance as a tone. It does not have resonance as a sentence unless it's placed into a linear sentence and used in a linear construction for meaning. Other than yeah, that, language. it has resonance for frequency and tonal quality with speech to the soul and mm-hmm. and, and sort of a, a universal or cosmic um, language or form of about that, a form of communication, as opposed to as opposed to a, a, a linear result that has meaning. So mm-hmm. that's how that affects you, and why that's relevant yeah. to studies. Like people think when I say um, the books are bad. No, it's not that the books are bad. It's that if you are into the book, there's reading from right to left. It's not the book per se. It's the fact that you don't understand the book comes out of another structure of book, which comes out of actual Jesus Christ. And that is not what that was about. What that was about was what we were just talking about. It was about the tonal frequency, not about what was written. It was written as part of Jesus Christ's mm. ideology. This is why you're taught to write, and every individual can write now, and not just the scribe and the priest and the magician and the mystery masters of language. Like, you are supposed to be taught how to master this linear language so that you can control yourself and the language. Because now the priest and the other people that had control of the language weren't doing it for you. They would set up a system in which if you didn't want to control yourself, they'll control it for you. And that's basically what's happened to the people. Mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they committed to personages. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when you are in the world of tones, it's not about the book that you're learning the tones from. It's about the frequency right. that you experience the tone in. And that does something to your chakra, that man's chakra, this woman's chakra, that you chakra that it may not do to my chakra. I might have to utter the tone in a different frequency based on how my melanin is diffusing the light code. You understand me? So the world yeah, of tones is, is, is like meditation. It's a, it's a yeah. world of, 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 un, of undefined experience. Okay, a total okay, immersion so, into the sound. Okay, so that's okay, why that's, that's relevant. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, last one, last one. I said, what about the interruption? Because although, you know, you're in meditation, you, you have this you, you have this uh, frequency, this interruption. It comes in the sound or, or well, uh, something more, you know, yeah, okay. Well, so more physical yeah. than, than um, okay, go ahead, go ahead. You know what I'm talking about. If, if you did not have the interruption, right, right. you wouldn't have frequency to your tone. You, you would um, you would enter into a full state of meditation, right, where where there's no interruption and you have this out-of-body experience, you have this nirvana, you have all these terms, that, um, you have this satori, you have this, this, this enlightenment that's beyond your sense of self, right, that would... Um, that would um, transcend... A wave pattern. Now, if that happens to you, 
and you actually survive it, that's when people come back talking about their Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> they never had a complete experience that didn't have a wave to it. Now, when you're meditating and you're going in and out of the undulation and you're saying there's an interruption to your meditation, mm-hmm. that means you're still in a wave frequency. But when you actually attune to a complete meditation, let's say when you finally strike that, that gong, right, and you go into a mm-hmm. full meditation, you know how the gong stops for you over here? Like it'll, it'll dissipate eventually to where you can't hear it? Right. Well, if you're in a complete stone of meditation, that gong sound won't stop until something shatters you out that meditation. Like you won't even eat. You would be stuck in that song sound, and that sound is spread throughout the universe. And your actual, your actual neurological being and feeling the self will extend. Throughout the universe, with that, and you will hear that sound as though it's the first time you struck the gong, and you will travel in that one tone. The tone won't wave. You will travel in the initial dong. It won't dong and diminish because there's a wave diminishing. No, you will be in that initial impulse. Mm-hmm. And that's like true a, I just experienced that. That's, that's, that's that, a trip. You're in the way. That's all that that's is, trip. my lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a trip because I just experienced that the other day. <laughs> it's tripping you to talk about it. All right. I ain't gonna. Uh, uh Yeah, let's let's hold right there. I'm like, trying to uh, keep my people out of the thing, God. That's all, man. I'm glad you called in. Yeah, yeah, you have any yeah. more questions, D? You know what I mean? I'm here. We're gonna be oh, building yeah. a lot. It's not just gonna be taught. Um, I should, if not this week, next week, the class is going to be online. I'm just waiting on my um, computer technician to clean up my hard drive and um, set up my little system so I won't um, have any um, discrepancies when I'm online actually teaching the English course. And see, I'm going to teach people a fundamental college English course with some of the build on the background. But you're going to, what I'm going to teach you is what you would go to any college and pay two, three, four, five, fifteen thousand dollars to learn, depending on what institution. But I'm going to teach it to the people in such a way that it has a different resonance. Where when their child comes home with, with certain novels, they'll send the child back to the school with certain questions to trip out the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and make the teacher like, yo, who teaching you to read this? Where are you getting this from? Oh, my mama, my daddy. Um, yeah, they read all those books, and um, they know what this means. And Oh, yeah, yeah, anytime you send home me to write an essay, I just sit down with my mom, and we're done with that in 30 minutes. Well, what, what do you think about the best for, um, the best for readings? Uh, the what? The best for uh, readings. I believe that's readings. what it's called. Yeah, Bedford readings, a collection of uh, writings. You know, they usually have that in like an English class, uh, second year in college. Oh, like oh, um, yeah. oh! You're talking about an anthology of texts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave that. Yeah, to yeah. My I know what text you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Those, yeah, those texts pretty... are 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 mainly used in um, liberal classrooms that are trying to um. um 
correct the southern racist mentality of self and and and, and um introducing you to stories that um are trying to re expose white people to a more liberal sense yeah. of themselves and getting mm-hmm. you to have a more liberal identity mm-hmm. of yourself in relation mm-hmm. to white people. And yeah. they have yeah. a collection of short stories that a liberal white teacher I don't mean I'm sorry, um your agents out there, I don't mean it like that. Let me just say <laughs> a, a, there a, is liberal, no white a liberal professor <laughs> that has a political agenda that's trying to reshape you and mold you into a individual liberal sense of the human that can be um, instructed morally through literary stories about the failures of certain um, ideologies of the, um, mm-hmm. the southern identity of the white male self or the what they call the Babbitt, the um, corporate identity of the white male self, the identity of the Madman. Yeah, those texts, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Actually, yeah, they open you up. They beat, they beat, yeah. yeah. I actually so keep a yeah. copy of the Bedford text, and I use that in my 11th grade class. So that when my students oh, get oh, to college. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Really I got a shift, I got a shift, I got a shift, y'all. Hello? Okay, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, 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 I'm out. And, uh, All right. Good luck, good luck, good luck. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yo, he said that's for take. Yo, yo, man, I want to curse out of here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Carlo. All right. All right. All right. Peace. Hold on. Let me open up Red's line. I got to see if he can manage board. Red. Yeah. Red, you got access to a computer? Yeah. I need you to um operate the board. I gotta leave from where I'm at. I'm gonna be on the phone still, but I gotta um gotta make a move. Okay. All right, I got, got a lot of callers in there. I got some questions for Buddha from the. Uh, All right, go to Minty. Go to uh after your questions, either go to Minty now in the call queue or do it after your questions. Okay. So I have a question from the email that I'm gonna read. Yeah. Okay. I here we go. You ready? Yeah, let me let me pull it up. I'll answer it as best I can. One question. Uh, if I can't answer the question, I'm gonna tell you that. Say that again. No, I was telling the people I'm real. If I can't answer the question, I'm gonna tell them that it was like a joke. But so he knew the question. It was just a joke. The first one was, can you send me the info for Buddha Klink's classes? That's going to be on the KTL University, and we're going to have it. What I want to have it is where we construct it um, before the class, before KTL comes online. So either Tuesday or Friday, and it's going to be an hour and a half class before KTL comes on the line. So that would be maybe... 3 p.m. or a 4 or 4 or 5 p.m. Um, around that time, um, West Coast time, and you know, uh, 7, 8 um, East Coast time, somewhere around there, and then that way we could build on Tuesday or Friday before the show with the English course, 
and then we can go into the program. Whatever y'all built on that day, y'all can listen for as the people are structuring themselves and um, building on the program. You can learn and apply whatever you learned in the English course that day to the actual language and dialogue that's occurring on the program. So it reinforce the lesson because it's going to be four lessons a month. The course is going to be ten dollars. It's going to be um, um, coordinated and organized through the KTL University. Um, the money for the course is to, is to support the red and the blue pill and the administrative people in in KTL. I said I wanted the course to be $10 a month. No more. That's going to be $2.50 a course. Um, I also wanted, excuse me for the arms, I also wanted that to reflect the fact that I wanted about 1,000 people to be in this course and um, allow KTL to generate enough basic funding a month to create a venture capital spot also to find the artists that are working for us and also the people out there so we can throw free lectures and we can travel with the art show for free and maybe artists can give away free prints. Exactly. And, and, and we can do things for free of $2.50 a month and the people are acquiring the skill that I've given to a lot of students for 10 years working in the system and I just didn't reach enough people. And through this medium, I can reach the people and help the brothers out. And the people I feel to take care of me, I don't worry about that. I feel if I put the course up that, you know, my brothers from KTL are going to look out for me. I'm not really into money. You know, I've hustled a lot of my life. I've, most money I've had is about $362,000 cash. Uh, certain people in Philadelphia, uh, we, we know as federal agents, took that back then in the 90s. I don't care about all this because people know the stories. I've been through it. So money don't matter to me, people. Like, I've, I've been in the game. I've done all that shit. So when I say all that, I really mean that. So the course is going to be centered around KTL University. I'm setting up the computer to reiterate so that I can actually function online without any hiccups. I already have the course structured. I have all my files and paperwork and lesson plans from when I used to teach. Um, I'm getting some of my textbooks sent over. I'm going to publish a reading list. I'm going to publish the uh, lesson plans, the entire course, in advance. So I'm working on all of that. So give me about another two to three weeks. And I promise you the KTL uh, Logo Safety in English, well, Literary and Composition and Rhetoric course, I won't call it English, Literary Composition and Rhetoric course, will be up and running online. And I just hope we get enough people to support so that the red and blue pill and brothers that's been struggling actually, you know, can survive off this and don't have to reminisce on the old days when they had money and the feds took it and, you know, and 
you know, all that shit, you know, and... And that's real. And the people have to support us. Otherwise, you can't blame brothers for what they do. And, and I, I really want to give a shout out to my brother, yeah. Natural Tahuti, and I'd like the conscious community to really leave him alone and get off that brother's back because you're not banging on none of these people that sold opium, that sold their sugar, which is a drug, they sold their tobacco, they sold their alcohol. You're not banging on them like the way you're banging on this brother. Yeah. All right? And um, I wish y'all would stop it and wake up in the conscious community. Say that it again. Yeah, I really wish y'all would stop it and wake up in the conscious community out there. These people got rich off opium, and nobody is picking them in the back for that. They still get rich off opium products, codeine, morphine, anything with an E money. They're mixing coke with heroin and coming up with painkillers. Come on, people. So don't get mad if you're not going to really support the brothers and create an economy. And they, they get bought. It happens. I'm not even going to lie to you. It happens out there. But rather than, than hate on them brothers, you better start hating on the people that, that actually got rich off those things. And quit yeah, acting like brothers in the conscious community are going to sit down and be squeak, squeaky clean. I know if certain brothers go study the opium war, and then you tell them they can't sell no heroin, they go look at you crazy. They go look at you crazy. Yeah. Like, what you talking about? They was over there doing it illegally. They was running away from the government also. They was getting it in. Then they came and flipped that into banks and corporations and steel industries and all other types of things. I'm getting my flip on it's hard to argue with a brother like that if we're not going to provide and support. And I'm trying to step out there and, and, and set up something. That's why I say I'm not writing you any books to buy. I'm going to teach you how to write your own book. Mm-hmm. You understand? I'm not, that's why I told you, I'm going to show you that I know how to write. I'm going to post things online. I'm going to show you. I can write. I know I've I mastered the sentence. We can have fun with that, but I'm going to teach you to do that. So the person online that wants to know when the class is coming is going to be set up proper because I was a professional teacher. I, I want my program to come off as though you're in the classroom and um, as people entrusted me with their children in the classroom. And I never disrespected them, and I molded their minds into being self-thinkers and very intelligent um, young men and women that are doing their thing. And I'm very proud of them. They're mad at me. They think I should be at Yale or one of the major universities with my pipe and being a big professor and not in the hood, around people, struggling, fighting court cases, filing paperwork as the living man, appealing this decision, running around in the hood with my people that are very educated, speak Patois, Creole, both in English, didn't graduate from high school. They don't understand me. Oh, Mr. Robbins, what are you doing? This is what they call me, Mr. Robbins. What are you doing? You can be one of the most, you can go be like Parnell West. And I'm like, yo, 
I've got to do something for my people that's different. So I'm trying to give you a skill. So whoever that was online, trust me, the course is coming. And it's going to be one of the most incredible courses you've ever had. And one of the most incredible experiences you've had with a survey and a perusal of American literature and world literature in general. Another book I want to throw out there for everybody um, is The Moonstone. Go get that. It's an English novel, but make sure y'all read that also. We're going to build on that. That's going to have something to do with the self. Go get The Moonstone just as another little treat. I'm going to keep dropping little treats throughout this thing. So let's go to the next question. I hope that I didn't ramble on too much to that person, but that's really passionate for me. So um, um, you just have to understand that expectation right there. Any other questions? Any people online? Yeah, Brad, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm, I'm trying to see who's there. No, I said Rag. Who? Now I'm seeing if Red is still there. I don't know uh, what happened to him. I probably built on Oh, boy. No. Yo, who's up? Anybody else got any more questions? What's going on, man? Nah, he... I'm not in front of a computer right now. I'm back in the street. He's in front of his computer. Oh, he's not That's in front right of now. computer anymore. Yeah. Nah, his line dropped. So what I'm going to have to do, well, I got to wait till this phone stop ringing. Yeah, I got to call him on a three-way. And, um... I don't know. We're still building. Yeah. I'm still up because I know people nah, want nah, to nah. ask yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Let me call him on. Give me one second. Yo, what's up to the family and nations out there, man? I apologize, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm sorry if I rambled on too much and the question and answer. The people be wanting yeah, me to be on. So, you know. Nah, his line must be dropped. We're bringing him back in now. Yeah, just one second. You have oh, yeah. reached the voicemail box of 347-650-0150. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to reach you. I can't click over now because I got you on a fucking conference call. Oh, you trying to call again? Hold on. To send your message, press 1 at any time. To look message sent. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. So you got me online, and he got to come online with the people. Huh? Are we still online with the people? Yeah. Yeah, the show is still on because, no, if I'm speaking to you, we still online because we keyed into the show. So oh, okay. the two is yeah, still right. up. I'm just trying to make sure the people are shipping on me out yeah. here. No, no, no. The people are there, but he has access to the computers. I don't have access to the talk to 
Because I'm not in front of a computer. It's all right. You know, man, I'm on print all know. right now. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's all right, man. It's all right. So, um... I just big up some of my brethren out there. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen it with a lot of people in that call, Keith, and they got questions. So... Yeah, I'm ready to talk to the people, so man. I'm ready to talk to the people. Mm-hmm. I wish I could get their question. I would give my number out out here, but you know that's a dangerous thing. Y'all just be blowing me up. But I love the people, B. You know what I'm saying? Right, Hold on one second. Hey yo, pick up all my brethren out there. Speak up everybody in the dancehall nation, dancehall community, you understand? Yo, speak up my brethren yeah, Mags and Taboo, you understand? Back in the days from Dynamite Duo. Yeah, I got to big up everybody. Big up all the Good Life MC. Yeah, before Project Vogue. Big up all the Good Life MC. That understand what that means. Understand. Yeah. Yeah. Big up Hello? all the people that used to go to toe jams and dance. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just picking up some of my brethren out there. And now, you want to call them? You got three-way? Yeah, I got three-way. You, you know how to work your three-way? Without getting clicked off? I don't know, my three-way. Let me see. I can try it. You want me to try it? Yeah. Well, I call, you want me to call the field? I do. If you have his number, yeah. Yeah, I'll call the field right now. Are you red field? Right. You want me yeah, to call the red field? Yes, sir. All right, hold on. Thank you, family, for remaining patient with us. Doing everything we can no, to call this and call to No, no, no. Yeah, I'm speaking to the family that's out there listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm out here looking for the brethren. Um, Redfield number clause. I do his number. You ready? Yeah. What's the number? Yeah, it's your public record. Three four seven. Six five zero zero one five zero. Don't be prank right. calling him, y'all. His wife wouldn't understand. <laughs> Yo, are you there? Hello, I'm here. Yeah. All right. Redfield, you there? Is it ringing? Redfield, you there? Nah, did you merge the call? I didn't hear it ring. Yeah, it was ringing. It oh, it was day. ringing. Okay. Yeah, he's going to the restaurant. Yeah, I'm going to try to call him. Him Huh? It says connected. Huh? I got him on speaker. It says connected, but I don't know. Let me go back and try again. All right. 
Yes, I do. There are no shows scheduled within the next 24 hours. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Hello? Oh, that was the wrong time. Yo, what the hell? Hello? Yo, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, hold on. He's calling me on the other line. Hold on. All right, I tried to call him. I don't know what happened, man. I got this cheap Blackberry. I don't know, man. I have to step up, upgrade myself. Hello? Yo. He's going to be calling you. And um, I guess hopefully you can pack him in or something. You know? I don't even know how that works. But more importantly, brother. I think I can call him. Let me see. You said you could call him? Let me see. You say, I, don't... I, don't, I don't know. You, it sounded like you was calling the show. Were you sure you was calling him? Let me see. I'm trying to see if I could bring you in on three-way. Yo! Is everybody there? Yo! That ain't him. It's only me. Who is this, red or blue? It's blue. Okay, I didn't lose you. I don't have him. Let me try and catch him in now. I'm calling him right now. All right. You there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, I'm calling him right now. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You blue, right? It's blue, yeah. I don't think you're catching him. Um, yeah, I'm calling him, but he's not connected. He's saying connected, but he's not ringing enough. I don't understand that. I'm saying I'm a participant. I call the number, and I don't hear nothing. You don't hear nothing? No, but I got his number. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I got a from my brother at the 860. He called me and brought me in. Salute to him. Um, yeah, I'm here. I'm in the call queue. It's a ton of hands up. Let's get to these callers. All right? Let's go. All right. All right. Let's go. All right. Well, our first caller, the brother from the 860, my brother on the line with me. Peace. Oh yes, right. yes, Thank you. yes, it's me. Uh, one question to the caller: Um, can you went in on the history with uh, the Caribbean islands, especially the West Indies? 
Um, one thing with the, cause I know they brought in slaves, and particularly Europeans. What role did the Irish play in them bringing them into the Caribbean island? Oh, most of the Irish they brought, it was Irish and Scottish mixed people they brought out of Europe because the Irish people, um, when they got the version of Jesus Christ, they wouldn't adopt to the story of Jesus Christ having um, a um, Christophe. Like, they would, they objected to the Christ figure that was being purported by the church because yeah. Ireland was the first European outpost of the sea that the North African black people immigrated to and um, dealt with the Druids and the Celtics. So they had a, a history of the science of tone, and they resisted. The, um, they tried to hide in Catholic churches. They tried to hide their knowledge in all type of secret societies they created over there, but they resisted the linear sentence so much that the British and the people, the Normans, the people that came from and the Germans, the Saxons, and the Anglos, the people that actually came over and crossed into the channels, imposed a brutal form of slavery on them to um, rid them out of the country because they held the old science. And they resisted becoming a fictitious self. So when they were offered a way out, it was through death or slavery. Mm. So some of them chose to die in Ireland, but many of them chose to become slaves in Barbados and Bermuda. And from Barbados and Bermuda, they got spread amongst all the islands and were distributed and sold and exchanged as a commodity on the commercial market because they knew how to farm potatoes. And they knew how to farm. And they were instructed, and they are the ones that taught the African slaves how to farm in the industrial sense of farming because Africans didn't farm that way. They didn't plant food that way because they had a natural and a more organic, um, sporadic, chaotic array of crops to um, um, blend in with, with nature and recycle the tendency. They didn't grow in straight lines because they didn't have a line. They didn't have the linear way of thinking. So the Irish slaves were the first to populate the Caribbean in full. And then as they... Because, see, people forget, up until, after, uh, up until 1832, you could buy your way out of slavery. After that, they created, um, um, yeah, well, manumissions, but that was in 1700. So I'm going to get that back. But you could always buy your way out of slavery up until 1832. So a lot of the Irish slaves saved money and bought their way out of slavery in the New Caribbean and went and stuck our land and bought themselves slaves. 
the Irish people, the people seen coming in to the country in the 1800s and 1900s are not the same Irish people that were enslaved in the 1600s. Those were new immigrants that were poor British people that were placed in Ireland after they killed off all the Irish people. And then those people developed a different form of Irish language that they speak today, not the Gaelic, and uh, the traditional indigenous language of Irish. And they have to go back and learn those languages. And they populated it with an Anglo-Saxon presence. And then those people came over, and those are the Irish people that went into the police office and the army and the military and fly the shamrock and run around Boston. But those are not the same right. Irish people. Right, gangs in New York. Right. Yeah, there's a lot in, um, particularly in New England and Massachusetts, particularly in these areas. Yeah, those different Irish, that's why they went up and they're in New England, where their arch enemy is. They wouldn't go to New England. They wouldn't be with anything called New England. But they're in all the New England because they are New England descendants. They're not okay. the original Irish people. The original Irish people became white slaves in, in the Caribbean that by the late 1700s and 1800s became they like, British, yeah. became they like, white they like niggas. They like niggas in the Hamptons. Yeah. <laughs> niggas in the Hamptons. That's oxymoron. Unless you get a cop. Yeah, so when like people <laughs> get the wrong impression, when they think of the white people in Irish, those were the ruddy, mixed um, Irish people. They had to bleach them out to where you see Irish people now and you think of, like, that, the nigga from 12 Years a Slave with the um, pale face, bleached to death. And you think of that as the Irish bloodline and, and, and um, um, identity. And you think that those were the people that were enslaved. And nah, those were the people that invaded after mixed, more ruddier, darker-looking Irish people were enslaved into the Caribbean. Yes, ancient and modern Britons. You know, that book spells it all out. And if you read a true Irishman that knows their history, as I have several times in my travels, they will tell you that they are, you know, derivatives. They, They come from the Moors. And you Ali said it himself. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's a lot of people that come from the Caribbean that tell you they're black Irish. That's where that comes from. They'll tell you they're black Irish. Yeah. Meaning that the white the white stock or the stock they carried up from Europe or the Eurasian came out of Ireland. And they'll be black as hell and have blue eyes and tell you that they're black Irish. And they'll have a McCoy name. They'll have a McKinsey name, uh, McGuire, uh, yeah. what else is in the Caribbean? They'll have like, mad Mc- Irish McDonald's, names yeah. in the Caribbean. And those people are not, those names didn't come from those people owning slaves. A lot of people understand that. Those names came right. from a long time before they mixed. By the time the some of those Irish people owned slaves. They were in America. And they were in the house of Borghese and this house and that house under fictitious names and identity. Because they were coming out of boarding schools because their parents had bought them out of slavery and had babies and this, this, and that and brought in new stock 
and sent the child to a boarding school. What happened? And, what, and how that happened is that the second and third sons in England at the time, they didn't have rights to the family, fortune. They had to go out to the new world and stake a claim and be a land surveyor. 